Hello, friends, and welcome to the Frank Lombardo Show. I'm your host, Frank Lombardo. This show is brought to you by The Sweet Oasis. Guys, I know it's towards the end of the season, and you don't know what this is, but I guarantee you, you're going to love it. It's ice cream. Come on. Who doesn't love ice cream, guys? Go get your best ice cream here. They got over 60 different flavors. It's coming down to the last part of the season. You do not want to miss this, guys. All right? Go stop by your best favorite ice cream shop here in Norwich, Illinois, The Sweet Oasis. This show is also brought to you by WLBC Radio. It has different and thousands of genres for you guys to listen to. I mean, come on. It's a no-brainer. It's free on Apple and Android phones. You will not regret it, okay? If you need to find a different place for music, this is the place to take a look at, to explore what you love, and at the end, get a nice, relaxing moment of your favorite music. WLBC Radio. Go check it out. And today, I usually am going to do a business ad every week for clients that I visit, but at the same time, just to promote local businesses because you know what? There is a lot of struggle. There is a lot of difficult times that everyone is dealing with, so we want to make sure that we're helping everybody out, and that's why I plan on doing. So for this week, I don't have any, but I know that for next week, I will, and I will definitely promote any type of business that I incur and support not saying that that I don't support any, but I support all of them in the most equal way possible. My guests today are two gentlemen who are very classy, very eager, and very open-minded about just talking anything in general, and that's what I love about this show. These guys are hard workers. They know what it's like to grind, and at the end of the day, they just want to have some fun. One man who knows has a great background in politics, and another man who knows his background in the restaurant industry. Overall, they have a very collective mind of being in the hospitality industry, and that's why I love these guys. These guys are deep down to heart, and they know what they love. Please give it up for the guys Mike Tamborello and Ethan Brady. What are, the, some, what are some of the topics that we're going to talk about? I don't know. I, I think it's just going to kind of be freeform. Yeah, just kind of go, go into it, you know? Okay. So, but, but I mean, I appreciate, you know, you bringing out the, the whiskey here, Fighting Cock. Yeah, man. I'm going to introduce it. Wait, are we on or are we live? Uh, I, I mean, at, at this point, I feel like you should always be ready for live, you know what I'm saying? Oh, my Lord. Yeah. You can't do that to me. Now, no, I, mean, now I feel just, weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just all natural, you know. It's just sure. all natural. But but Nas, no, dude, thank thank you, man. I, I appreciate so it. the the history behind it. This is uh, Fighting Cock, uh, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Okay, so it was actually gifted to me by an amazing neighbor I have. He actually does storage units, like he, you know, like like uh, Pawn Stars. Yeah, like where they flip storage units. He mm-hmm. actually does that, and he does like estate sales. Wait, I thought. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I thought that was Storage Wars. Oh, is it Storage Wars? That's what I thought. Oh, yeah, I, shit. I'm getting Because you, you, you said Pawn Stars. Because yeah. I remember that's like I thought when the guy, you know, when you go in and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to call my buddy that knows something about this. I'm not a big fan of I, I don't mind it. But, yeah, sorry. It's it's Storage Wars. You're absolutely right. Okay. Now, okay. That, so he, my neighbor does that. Mm-hmm. And he does, like, estate sales and stuff. And he tells me, he says, I, you know, Ethan, I, I went to an estate sale. And I found a bar, like, inside this guy's basement. Mm-hmm. Has to have, like, a thousand bottles of liquor. Oh, shit. And I'm like, holy crap. And I, I'm a big whiskey guy. So he tells me, okay, all of these bottles 
are open and there's like a little bit missing. And I'm like, fuck. Because I was going to ask him. I was like, man, there's, I could come in with you and I could take a look at some of this whiskey and I'd be happy to, I'd be happy to buy some. And he was like, no, man, it's just, it's not, it's not good. It's not sellable. We don't know who drank from it, what the story is, how long it's been here. And I was like, all right, that's fine. Well, sure enough, he finds like six or seven unopened bottles. And he tells me, he's like, I can't even tell you what the other bottles are because your head will spin. And I was like, okay, so you're making a ton of money. He was like, oh yeah, thousands. And I was like, nice. So this one he gave me, he said, I'm going to give you this one. Um, It's like I said, fighting cock, 103 proof, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, and it's age six years old. A little bit about mm-hmm. this, it's made by Heaven Hill Distillery. Where's so, that at? So Heaven, Heaven Hill is in, is in Kentucky, and it's one of those fantastic old uh, distilleries that makes like uh, Noah's Mill. Uh, th- that's, they, make, uh, they make another whiskey. Um, I think it's called uh, Midsummer Night's Dram. If I'm not mistaken, like they make some really good, like small label whiskeys and Frank, they're fantastic. This one right here that I got for you, this has been sitting on a shelf for 15 years unopened. I just opened it last week. They don't make the six year old anymore. So it's fantastic. Um, here's a, here's a little picture of it. Yeah. So, so the, the first, the first image that you see on the left, the giant white warehouse, that's the Rick house. So for, for people that don't know, the Rick house is a, is an important building in, um, in, in the whiskey ma- making process, it's where the whiskey remains and stays um, for a majority of the of the actual whiskey making process. Mm-hmm. So, as far as American bourbon goes, it stays there for like at least four years. Amer- American bourbon stays in that Rick House for four years, okay, and it matures in the Kentucky cold, and it really you know brings in those nice summer flavors mm-hmm. in the Kentucky summer. Um, so that, that, that giant building houses like thousands of barrels. I believe it. I believe it. Have you, have you ever been to it or been inside or or it's just more of that's, you know, where you got the information from the neighbor? No, it's, it's incredibly embarrassing uh, that I've never been down to the Kentucky bourbon trail or haven't been down to, um, haven't been down there at all. I'd love to though. I've been to, uh, three or four distilleries in Ireland and they're fantastic, uh, back where my family is from, but, um, these these particular uh, distilleries out in, in Kentucky and Tennessee, um, they're fantastic. I mean, I've, and I've I've done research myself. I'm a whiskey guy. I love it. But um, yeah, I, I'd love to get down there. Heaven Hill though is so fantastic. Like like it says right there, like established 1935. That's yeah, that's uh, a long time. It is. I mean, for for a, for a for a liquor that has been, it's nearly as old as America. Like there was bourbon before there was the U.S. Mm-hmm. George Washington drank bourbon. Uh, and Heaven Hill, 1935. I mean, it's it's one of those amazing whiskey companies because they're not out making Maker's Mark. They're not out making Bullet. They're mm-hmm. not out making Jack Daniels. They're making just fantastic, weird, obscure bottles. So can I ask you, I'm, I'm going to open it up so we can fucking try some. I got to ask you a dumb question. All right. is, is, and, and, and by all means, I'm, I'm, good, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed to ask, but is, oh, is bur- no dumb questions. bourbon and whiskey, they're not the same thing. So. All bourbon is whiskey. Not all whiskey is bourbon. bourbon. Okay. okay. So, and if you'd like, if I'm not boring you, I can tell you what the difference is. Yeah. I, I mean, by all means, go ahead. Cause, cause to me, it's like Jack Daniels is not a bourbon. It's a whiskey. That That's correct. You, that's so Jack. That I understand. Yeah. So J- Jack Daniels is, is an American whiskey. Um, it is a, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a huge fan of, of Jack because it's, it, it's a mass produced whiskey and mm-hmm. the, the flavor is very different and I'm not a huge fan of it, but if I'm not mistaken, 
and you can fact check me here. Jack Daniels is a is a Tennessee whiskey. Yes, it is. Yeah, so it it's is. made and it it's, and it's made. I, I so Jack Daniels is still unique in the sense that it is a Tennessee straight whiskey that is aged in the Lincoln County process. Nineteen fifty six. Okay. Was when was when it was owned by the Brown Foreman Corporation. Um, you know, because yeah, here you, know, you got. I'm gonna pour this right next to the mic so people get that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What's um, I was gonna add, you know I was gonna say because when I was when I, I went to uh, Nashville, what was it about two years ago, two and a half years ago? So when I was supposed to go over there, cheers, brother. Cheers, Slancha, by the way. I should say salute. I'm in the Italian of it, or I'm in the presence of an Italian man. It's actually much smoother than it is. You know, usually for me, wi- I apologize. Whiskey. Um, yeah, for it, everyone that doesn't know, he's getting a call from his from his mom. He's a, he's a good Italian boy. Mom is checking yeah, in on him. And no, I mean, I, I, obviously, you know, she knows that podcast is going on. But you know, it's so funny. You, you know what I'm doing now? I, as I'm as I'm talking to you, I'm talking like as I'm texting her. So when I'm saying like I'll call her back. I literally will. I'll, I'll call I'll call her back. You know, I got something actually for you too. Um, oh yeah. No, yeah, you'll you'll be impressed. But uh, so I, I just added a little water to your uh, bourbon there because for anyone who doesn't know, the best way to kind of get that amazing taste is to open up the bourbon a little bit with just a couple, like a couple drops of water, especially with this one because it's 103 proof. Mind if I take a look at that? Yeah, of course. This, so this is 103 proof. So for anyone that doesn't know, you just divide your proof by two and you get your alcohol volume. Yep. So this is 51.5. So it's pretty. It, it it's it's a pretty strong. It's pretty strong. Um, but yeah, so going back, I think we left off on Jack Daniels. Yeah. Jack Daniels is is made through the the Lincoln County process. I have to double check that. But I'm not sure. No, it is. Oh, it is. I, I know okay. that for sure. Oh, oh, oh that's what you're telling. Okay. okay. Yeah, so the Lincoln County process is similar to bourbon, except there's no there's no requirement for what actual grain they use. I believe Jack Daniels uses a big part of their a big part of what they use is is corn Mm -hmm. and then basically after they're done taking it out of the barrel they run it through literally charcoal and that gives it that kind of very intense spicy flavor jack daniels can get away with being a little cheaper because it's not aged so they don't go by the like they don't age for four years i think they and you can Mm -hmm. fact check me but i think that they i think that they age it for a lot less excuse me so yeah, I'm not. I'm not positive. I mean, I'm. To be honest with you, right now, the the way how this is going with l- l- looking up stuff, I'm using I'm using my uh, my uh, personal hotspot because it's 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 hard to connect. And I'm a lazy I'm a lazy guy. I'm just. Uh, no, it's not even that. So, it started in 1864. Um, yep, Tennessee whiskey. Uh, basically, I'm just trying to look as as it goes. 1904. It it uh, um, it won gold medal in, in um. St. Louis, Missouri, and then after yeah, so, that, I mean, it's a fantastic whiskey. It just the the list goes on, and it's, it's not really telling me about you know how long it sits, unless if because because I guess I'm looking at the story, I should be looking at the process. So I'm just gonna like how like how long is Jack Daniels aged? Yeah, I'm, I'm not positive, but they but they, it says that you know, uh. No, actually. Oh, here we go. It says distilled to 140 proof whiskey, charcoal mellows for three to five days. Corn, rye, barley, and that's it. It's a three to five day process. Ten feet of charcoal. 
It and right here it says that Jack Daniel's number seven, which I think is the that's that's the that's, that's the, the normal one. one. Yep. It says after a six day fermentation, the mash is distilled to 140 proof. It's aged at least four years in new charred American oak barrel. So I take back what I said. It goes. It basically goes through the same uh, time commitments as bourbon would. Yeah. Um, but the difference is, so bourbon has to be at least 51% corn. Okay. It has to be matured in fresh American oak. It cannot be matured in any other oak. The reason for that is they kind of want to keep everything very American. You know what I mean? Like they want to they keep the entire process in the States. You can make bourbon. Thank you. You can make bourbon in Tennessee. You can make it in Kentucky. You can also make it in Hawaii or Alaska if you really wanted to. As long as it's made in one of the fifty United States, that's fine. When, uh, yeah, I mean, no, yeah, that's that really is interesting to actually think about. You know how how the process of bourbon can be made. You know, in different types of you know ways, and you know, and and how it's traditionalized in different cultures. You know, and that's where I, you know. The question that I wanted to ask you was, is like, you know, how, how did you start to become interested, you know, in whiskey? Like, what made you go into that? So I had a couple, um, I called them my cousins. Both of my cousins in Ireland um, have, uh, their, their husbands are v- like huge into whiskey, huge into wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, you know, fantastic guys. And I was actually 17 <laughs> when I was in Ireland and uh, they, they said, do you want to try some whiskey? And I had never thought about whiskey before in my life. And I said, yeah, sure. And all I remember was my dad was sitting next to me, and he was trying some whiskeys, and the face on this man was incredible. He was cringing. He hated it. Mm-hmm. But every whiskey that I got given, I was like, this is incredible. Like, I love it. it the taste. Was it, that the first, you know, um, alcohol that you tasted? Was it whiskey? No, or? definitely not. I've... I'm Irish, Frank. You forget. I've been drinking since I was like. Well, I'll leave. I'll leave that. <laughs> I'll leave that open <laughs> to people's imagination. Um, but no, first time I tried whiskey, and I think uh, I just thought it was incredible because so many people like love wine, mm-hmm. and they have like this, like they're like it's so snobby about it. Yeah. But with whiskey, that's not really there. It's very, it's very unpretentious. Mm-hmm. You know, people grab like a whiskey neat at the bar on their way home from work. Um, you know they they go to a steakhouse and they get the most fantastic Manhattan. Yep. Well, they can yep. go home and they can make that same Manhattan. Um, you know, people don't feel like snobs when they drink whiskey mm-hmm. and people who like are very good at tasting whiskey and they're experts. They try to make everybody feel comfortable. Um, so it was very, it was very approachable and I thought that it was just a really cool thing. And I, I, I kind of, um, I kind of made a niche out of it. And to this day, I, or like as of right now, my whiskey collection probably stands at a hundred bottles. Wow. It, in in my in my in my bar, um, I promise everybody I'm not a fucking alcoholic. But I mean, hey, listen, you do what you want. <laughs> yeah, I do what I fucking want. It's America. Yeah, it's serious, man. <laughs> Cheers to that. By the way, how do you like it? It kicks. I'm not. I'm not a whiskey guy. I'm gonna be honest with you. So this is. But this I brought something though to maybe top it off. I don't know. If you fucking take coke out, I'm gonna. I'm gonna I'm gonna be very disappointed in you. So my roommate. What is this? Oh, Evan Williams, nice. My roommate. Oh, fucking eggnog. Yeah, my roommate got this. It's it it has a kick, man. Really? And oh, I, I bet. I, and and I don't know how that would taste with with this. No, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put it in there. No, well, I don't no, know. it's not. You could. It's no, I don't know. I just you see the thing is I'm not. I was never a bartender, so I really don't sure. know like when it comes to like mixing drinks like that. I just. I was the type of guy that at, at the party where you just see a chaser, you get your alcohol, you use two cups, you go back and forth, or you 
do with the fucking finger and that's it. But when it comes to, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so here, this when, is, but, but, but you know what? I want you, I mean, give it a swig, dude. It's, let me, let it me, kicks. Let me tell you what I'm going to do. Okay. And I know that, you know, like there is a bit of kick to this. It's 52%. So for anyone this, who doesn't like average tequila yeah. is like 30. This, this is 15. This is 15 No, right I think it's, it's 30, is it not? It's 30 proof, but 15%. Oh, 15%. Yeah, nothing. I mean, that's what your grandmother drinks. Well, like, it's well, really, I mean, oh, it's yeah. really light. It's got a... My, uh... No, no, I mean, I mean, you're right. I mean, this is just... It's a starter. Yeah, it's a little... Yeah. What, what would you call it? Like a, an aperitif? I'm not sure what that means. Oh, you work in fine dining, Frank. Come on. I mean, fine it's, dining... It's a drink. It, it, it's like a uh, an aperitif is what you would have after dinner... Or maybe, uh, or you know what? I again, I don't want to. I don't want to front here. I think an aperitif is, it's what you have after you, dinner. How you spell that? A P P A P P E R E R I T I V. Fuck. Right, no, wait, I think wait. there may be an F at the end. I have. I have no clue. <laughs> My God. Uh, oh, here we go. Yeah, it's a drink. Yeah, but is it like after dinner or before dinner? It's uh, it's a typical word that normally served before or after a meal. Okay, so I was right because I, I was getting it confused and I was thinking, is it before or after? And then they're, they're, like, there's also I think in Italian they've like digest like digest this. Look, I'm I'm, point, I'm I'm pointing up right here, but is it, yes. Right, so it's just so here's so an aperitif like for for anyone out there that is of the Italian descent. I'm sure you've seen like your uncle or your aunt drinking it. Mm-hmm. Campari is a classic aperitif. Okay, like you get an orange slice. You know, you, you just pop it in there. You know, it's it, it's very uh, very bitter, mm-hmm. um, a, a little sweetness. It, it almost it's almost a little medicinal. Um, and when you drink it, it kind of settles the stomach. Almost similar to lemoncello a little bit that it's like a palate cleanser. But I don't know if I would go it, as far as putting both of them in the same bracket. So you're saying that that it, it helps you like digest. Digest, yeah. Oh, so okay. and for example, like so, let's say you're at a fine dining restaurant, you sit down. And the maitre d or the host comes over or the, you know, the service captain and says, you know, mm-hmm. can I interest you in, a, in something to drink? You would probably, you probably would have started with cocktails at the bar. Yep. And then when you get seated, you either make your wine selection or you're like, well, we're celebrating. Let's have some champagne. Okay. Well, if you have some champagne, that's great. But, you know, if you're about to have a meal and you're going to have some fantastic wine, you want something to cleanse your palate. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have like, you would have like an aperitif and a good aperitif that I can think of, um, you know, if you had a nice meal and it's just after dinner, mm-hmm. you'd probably have a Bailey's, like an Irish cream, or you'd have an Irish coffee. Mm-hmm. You'd have like a Kahlua, a Mexican coffee. Um, there's a fantastic Mexican liqueur that not a lot of people know about. It's fantastic, especially like for What's Christmas. It called? It's called Rompompe, and it's yellow. <laughs> it's like it's like neon yellow, and it has like a cow as its logo, and it's it's fantastic. It's it's um, I, I believe it's very similar to like kind of like Bailey's like it's a Mexican like you're gonna tell me how to spell I think that. it's R-O-M um, I don't know that's right. just look up yellow Mexican liqueur and just put in like the letters R-O-M I think it's I should probably be doing some work here I mean it's but anyways like that's they're pretty good aperitifs that people don't really think about this eggnog that you have right here like that's a, that could be an example of an aperitif maybe you I know gotcha. after like a Christmas dinner like it's you know, it's something that people reach for because they're like, "Why? Well, I'm done with wine. I don't want to have a beer." Mm-hmm. So they have that. Um, so how how would you? I mean, how would you go about? You know, when you're taking like a girl and everything, right? And you're going to find them. What's sure. how you gonna start the night? Like, are, are you are you starting with a whiskey? Or you, or? Uh, it depends where I am. Uh, if I'm going to like a fine dining place, if I'm going to Chicago Cut, if I'm going to Mastros, 
Um, the first stop is the bar, obviously. Mm-hmm. The ambiance is fantastic. A lot of these great steakhouses put a lot of money in their bars. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what I would do is I'd say, you know, I'd obviously offer. I'd say, you know, do you want to grab a drink at the bar? If I was waiting, I'd probably wait at the bar. Um, you know, invite the invite the lady to have a drink. You know, when she arrives, uh, I'd probably grab a Manhattan. Okay. A Manhattan is just a great strong drink to kind of you know start the night. Um, a lot of places downtown make it fantastic. They don't make it you know with the simple, you know, it's all it's all yeah. they always start with with a great rye rye mm-hmm. whiskey, uh, sweet vermouth, you know, and a cherry, um, and a little bit of bitters. It's kind of your Manhattan right there, but a lot of places downtown make, I mean, they put so many great twists on them. Like mm-hmm. they're using like chocolate almond bitters. They're using like demerara syrup. They're using uh carpo antica, like Luxardo cherries. They're using so many great ingredients. That's how I would start. And I then got, okay. at the table, I mean, probably, I mean, I'd probably what's, switch. What's your aperitif? My, my aperitif probably, so Manhattan in the beginning okay. and at the end, um, I'd probably say like a port. If I was at a really nice, if I was at a really nice dinner with a great girl, and it's like a special occasion, I would probably, I'd probably get like a sherry port. Um, a great, a great sherry port is a two thousand one, um, uh, tawny port, um, in an Oloroso cask, finished off in an Oloroso cask. Uh, port is fantastic because it's a fortified wine from Portugal, so it, it's actually really impressive for anyone out there that wants to impress people. You can kind of. Uh, you can kind of grab like a, a 30 year old port at the bar and you may think like, wow, that's going to be expensive. It's 30 years old. It's actually not going to be incredibly expensive just because port is made in such great quantities that, you know, what I'm, basically what I'm saying is you can kind of flex and you can say like, Hey, uh, let's, got- let's grab a 30 year old port. And you know, your date's going to be like, wow, that's fucking awesome. When in reality, like, you know, it, it's not going to break the bank, but it's going to be impressive. But a, a port is such a, a great drink after like after dessert um, or with dessert. Okay. Because it's so sweet. Um, remember, it's like a fortified wine, so it has the great qualities of of a wine. So that you know, th- there's going to be that that pairing. Mm-hmm. It's going to complement your dessert while also going to be you know, it's going to be a little stronger. So it's it's going to be like having almost like a like a regular whiskey or like a, a cocktail. Yeah, it's very rich. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, it's almost syrupy. Like it's very it's very uh, decadent. Yeah, when you look at the flavors that they got it says raspberry blackberry caramel which is also syrupy uh chocolate yeah. cinnamon so it's like yeah i mean that's and and think about what's on like the average effort. like steakhouse menu or just on the average menu in general yeah it's, it's gotta be smooth you it, know well it's you're complimenting everything that's on a dessert menu sugar caramel raspberries blueberries yeah you know so yeah that, that's what i would do what would you do I mean you know you know I, I don't know because i'm not really that much of a drinker to be honest with you i used to really you know hit it like i was in college especially like sure fucking bottles it's especially when we <laughs> when we had just bottles no, I, no dude I'm, I'm telling you it was crazy uh the way how it went was it was uh fuck i, I, don't, I don't remember mondays but it was tequila tuesdays wine and weed wednesdays thirsty third thirsty thursdays uh either freaky friday or fun friday which fun just didn't even make sense so i just thought it was freaky friday then you got weird saturdays and then you got so, and then you got sober Sundays. I was well. I was gonna say Sunday fucking scaries. It sounds like after Sunday that. scaries or, or or Sunday fun day. I mean, it's any of those. Any I don't of know those. about fun day. Any any of those. Hey, no, I'm telling you, because because you want people pounding people, Advil. Dude, people get fucked up on Sundays. It's I, you know what? To I the way how how I was you know I structured in life was like where Sundays was just a relaxing day. Sure. You you didn't think of it as you know you're drinking or you're you're just like 
just having a good time with like other people because to me especially in, in italian like way how we were raised it's you go see your family for lunch sure you come back you you or you don't come back and you stay over there and, and you you know you're probably the last one of the last people in the family to to stay for company may, maybe have dinner right and then you st- and then you're there until like like 10 30 11 o'clock maybe 11 30 if it pushes sure and after that e- either i'm asleep you know or someone's asleep you, you you know that and then and then you go home and then you and just the, and start the, all over on Monday. yeah and, and and that's how it was for me on monday you know i start over but the thing is though it's like you know when when you were a little you know when you were a little kid and uh you know when you went to your uh your relative's house you know for sure. example like your grandparents yeah how, how many times would you say you have fallen asleep when your parents and your and their parents were just bullshitting with each other oh yeah well i mean both my my entire extended family lives in ireland but whenever we visit them exact same thing because we have like a two-week window when we visit them to like visit all 27 fucking cousins that i have and 27 aunts and uncles and Mm -hmm. all my grandparents so you're right you're at everybody's house you know they're constantly feeding you they're constantly asking you do you want this Do you want this Do you want this i mean i think and with the time difference and everything you're asleep all the time but yeah yeah, i can get i mean i think it's a it's a great it's a great uh, what is it like a familial thing that I think a lot of Europeans have and not even Europeans, but just, a, yeah. just a lot of cultures mm-hmm. in general that aren't like American. Like yeah. I'm talking about a lot of cultures from like, now that I think of it, I'm actually thinking all cultures except for America, like they bring it to this country, like chill, yeah. chilling with your family is very important. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny to say, because I feel like America is, and, and I could be wrong, but s- sometimes I believe that America is portrayed as a movie. Sure. In Europe, it's it's reality. It could be. I don't. And, and the reason why I say that is, uh, you know, just like how you said, like you, Europe has their own type of stereotypical structure. Yeah. Like, like you know that that culture is within that culture. Sure. So that's that's why it's only reality in in that aspect. But when you when you see America, you you're looking at everything mixed and. It it doesn't seem real at first. It's almost it's almost very cartoonish. Yes, because there's just yes. I think people see like Hollywood, and they see the wild stuff that's going yes. on here. Yes, exactly. And, so and they see such a mix, and it's so confusing mm-hmm. to kind of wrap their head around it. America is only por- portrayed for such a small fracture of what it's really supposed to be. I think that's and, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. You know, and, and things. It's like it's at the end of the day, it's America's fault too, but. You know, the way how I see it is, yeah. It's our fault we're fucked up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, dude. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's crazy because, you know, when I was in Europe back in uh, 06, I was there for three months. Um, it's, it was very weird because, you know, I was staying with, with my father at the time. And uh, it was um, it was a different environment. You know, I would, sure. I would get out. Literally, my whole driveway was like gravel, right? Okay. Then, then around it, you got you got your fence, and then you got all the bricks that are surrounding. You got, you know, the way how laundry was done over there, all hand washed. I was gonna and say hu- and hung and up. And please tell me it's like there's like a clothesline in the backyard. Yeah, like it's yeah. Very, oh yeah, hanging for up sure. and everything. Very, very European. You, yeah, but but also that's how it was back then over here too. Oh, for sure. You know? and, and, and again, I, I think that's, I want to amend that just very quickly. I think that's, that's every culture. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. um, but the thing is though, it's that we, we here in America have a lot of advancement 
in you know innovation and technology than a lot of other countries and it's sure you know with it and what it is is that oh we don't have cheers fuck oh it. fuck yeah. yeah i was just adjusting my napkin but fuck yeah well yeah hey, fuck it's it. always you know, cheers to life man. i'm cheers to life what's that um oh interesting fun fact about cheersing to life whiskey mm-hmm. comes from the gaelic term ishkabaha which means it's actually a translation of the latin term aquavit which means water of life Huh. So, fountain of youth. Well, all I'm saying is, everybody should drink whiskey because it's it's the water of life. It's essential to life, the elixir of life. I see. Yeah. But anyway, going back. Um. Yeah. I mean, hey, that's deep. I'll give you that. I really. Will. I know, man. I'm sorry. No, I, no, no, hey, they, they, they should probably wait before I get all. Oh, hey, no, essential. Uh, so th- uh, next next minute I'm going to be you know I'm going to have five or six of these and I'm going to say you know that the true meaning of life is found at the bottom of the bottle. Yeah, that's that's how one uh, truly finds purpose. I mean, I, I mean, hey, I, I mean, we are all fucking night. We'll get there. You know what I'm saying? So that but, is true. It's just a rainy night in a garage in Norwich. We're uh, we're hey, doing it. Fucking, <laughs> fucking Illinois, man. What a state. Oh uh, my god. I will. I will say this though, man. Like you know, in Italy, it's like it's different scenery. It's different land of layout. Different type of you know structure in in in, in the way how they live. Um, obviously, it's it's a completely different language. So I was really trying to, I was like I was confused all the time. So I I had to learn a way to adjust and sure. and somehow pick it up. And that's I did. And I mean, it wasn't perfect. I mean, I was only nine years old, but it wasn't perfect. And then when I came back, I maybe had that for two weeks, and then I got lost. But I mean, obviously, that's negative ending story of it. But sure. either way, you know, going back to, you know, technology and how America has much more resources, you know, much more capital, has more advancements, has people from other countries. You know, I, I mean, there's there's so much that goes into America, but really at the, at the only and, my, and and I think this could be it's I don't think it's controversial, but the only reason why it's controversial is only because of this year. And maybe, you know, some other parts of history, but the reason America is America and the only reason why I think America has its biggest advantage sure. for people going to America is freedom. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree I, that, with that. That's, that's literally it. Sure. Because. Did, it, it, just before, I'm just curious. Did go, you enjoy your time back in 06 when you were, when you were yeah. in Italy? I, I felt like I was at home. Because I think that when you strip away all the unnecessary BS and you just like you're living life, like it was a little simpler over there. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I felt that as well. Like every time I visited Ireland or visited Europe, you'd always be like deprived of your Wi-Fi or something. Like the mm-hmm. Wi-Fi would be like garbage or something at a hotel, yeah. or it'd be garbage at your relative's house. And you were almost forced to have interactions with your relatives, or like, well, I'm going to go for a walk, or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to hang out with my cousins, or I'm going to go do something because I don't have the entertainment of an iPad or an iPhone. Mm-hmm. And especially now, I've been thinking about it, like. I'm trying to be as creative as possible. And I think that there's so many opportunities out there that people are trying to capitalize on. Like they're making apps to like help, help like remove the distractions in your life. Like, you know, there's screen time on Apple and everything. Like they're really trying to like tell people like, it's okay to be, to be off your phone and not be so attached to it. It should, it should be like that. Yeah. And the only reason I said, I think it's an extension of what we're talking about. Like Simple is sometimes better. Like, less is more. Yeah. You know, and I, I get you. I think, like, as beautiful as America is, 
you know, like when you think in the grand scheme of things, when you think yeah. of the history, people have always said, oh, America's got this, it's got that, like everything is bigger and better. I think that comes at a price though. Mm-hmm. I think it comes at like a mental taxation, you know, and a taxation to like culture and everything like that. Um, but yeah, sorry. The, no, 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 you're right because, you know, America, every, there's always a positive, there, there's always a negative with the positive and then there's always a positive with, with the negative. I mean, that's, that's yeah. just the way how it is. So it's like if you're going to get freedom in America, you know, you, you could be potentially financially fucked. You're free. You're, you know, no government's going to take you to jail for doing something, you know, like uncommon that's, that, that doesn't happen in America. You know, it's like you get that. Like you get to live your life how you want to do it, but you may not have your advantages, you know, and that's, that's the price that it could potentially cost you. And, and that's just looking at, at one angle. You know, there's, there's many ways how America or just in general of where you are taking your life to is there will be a price for something. Now, me, I'm a happy person. Sure. You know, as are you. We look at things in... I think you're a pretty in a, in, a very, in a very up uprising way. Yeah. But, but at, at the same time, you know, we, we, always have to, we always have to have to take a step back. And we just have to understand that not everything is going to be perfect and that there will be a price for each decision. Not everyone can be happy. That's, that's what we understand. Yeah. You know? I, I, and I agree with that. I think it's not a defeatist point of view it's it's a mature point of view correct you know like and and let's tie it all back in i mean america is a great country and Mm -hmm. you know it's a great democracy and you know you can get ahead if you want to but ultimately people will be left behind Mm -hmm. and it sucks and it sounds horrible and sounds like no it doesn't have to be that way but you know people don't take advantages of the opportunities that are given to them you know they you know they they you know they they don't i guess that's it they don't take advantage of opportunities that are given to them and you know and sometimes Sometimes it's not about the country and sometimes it's not about, you know, who's in charge. It's about you. Yeah. And if you're not willing to put in the work and you're not willing to do it, um, it's not going to work out for you. Yeah. Like I think people, some people have this, I think image of America, like it's, you come here and it's like a fucking like utopia and it's not, I think it's just, and it's going back what you said, it's like fucking freedom. You it's, have, high, it's Iowa, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, like you, that it's true though. I mean, like you, you have freedom to like freedom of mobility, freedom to, you know, quit your job and get a new one and freedom to start a business. And, um, I guess it's interesting. We're talking about this now because we're seeing a fucking challenge to that. We are right now. We are during this whole fucking thing. Yeah. I mean, you see, and I'm sorry, not no, to get all, no, but I, let's, let's just keep going with you. That, you know? I mean, you talk about the government, you know, we're, we're talking about America. Yeah. And when people think about America, they think about democracy, freedom, all of those are so attached to government. Yeah. Um, I have a bit of experience with government. Yeah. Having worked in it and stuff. I know for a fact that a lot of the people that are in there, you know, they're, they're kind of like you and me. And when I say that, I don't mean like you and me exactly, but they're like everybody else. They have flaws. They're not that, some of them are not that smart. Mm-hmm. They make stupid decisions. And like, we're seeing a lot of, we're seeing a lot of good information coming out of the government. You know, like there's, they're making calculated decisions, but then there's also some other decisions that they're making and it's, it's kind of poor. Okay. Like, like, you know, shutting down a yeah. whole fucking industry. Like you shut down the restaurant industry mm-hmm. and then there's like multiple people, multiple scientists, multiple data sets that prove that, you know, COVID is not spreading from restaurants being open. 
maybe it is something to do with the fact that you shut down restaurants and now everybody is having fucking house parties. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's, just like I said, there's a price for every decision. There's a price for every decision. There's a price for yeah. every decision. And I'm not, I'm not necessarily knocking it because I know that it's, it's tough to make decisions. It's tough to make decisions when people are going to love you and a lot of people are going to hate you no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. But um, we are seeing freedom challenged because I think ultimately at the end of the day, freedom is not... I think people like to, th- when they think of freedom, they think of bald eagles and fucking American flags billowing in the background. You know, when in reality it's not, it's it's more than that. It's it, it's just the freedom to do what you want to do. Like if you want to, if you do want to start a business, um, if, you know, you want to start a job because the job that you're currently at is garbage, you say, you know what, I'm going to quit and I'm just going to go get a new one. Or, you know, I am going to go to college. And I am going to get a degree, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I'll go to law school. Maybe I'll go to med school. You know, maybe I'm going to just, you know, pull myself up and I'm going to work hard and I'm going to work at it. Unlike other countries, you don't see that you don't see that. Like there's a lot of countries in this world that people don't, they're not aware of. And I've been blessed to have traveled. Like I'm so fortunate. And I see countries where it's like, if you're a woman, <laughs> like you just, you don't have an advantage. Stay in the it's house. Un- it's, it's unfair. It's unfair. And that's, and it's so, it's so sad. Like I hear that. Uh, all the time, like, you know, when you're, when you're reading newspapers and everything, like, you know, in Saudi Arabia and like places in Western Asia and and even places like in Asia and Africa, but like to actually see it, like to know that there's large swaths of people that will never have the same opportunities as, you know, as men or, or certain people of, you know, whatever it is. And it's, and it's crazy because it's that and it's very, that and it's very, uh, definition is is what we're supposed to be all against yeah no and 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 to as americans you know and and just a little small example it's like we given america not we i'm sorry america has given people we're women well yeah but still, <laughs> I, I i don't like to use myself as a reference sure okay <laughs> but anyways america has given women the right to vote sure. america has given women's the ability to be not just you know a housewife. They could do Correct. anything else that they want. They could drive. They could work. They could do what they could, they have all the freedom in the world. Sure. And that's and, and essentially it has translated to a lot of things that are going on today. Yeah. Well, that was you a know, that was a that hard was fought a, battle. Yeah, it was. It was. And and you know what? At at, at some point, it's like, you know, uh, it, just the same way how, how the average African American was back then. They only had two thirds of a vote. Well, that's, I think that's true. I mean, well, that's uh, it was. I'm not saying three three fifths. That was the Missouri compromise. Yeah. I mean, and the sad part about it is, like, to call them African Americans is disingenuous because they weren't even considered Americans. No, and it's so sad. But that, but that's an example of, I think that's an example of our country having a reckoning with its own history. Yeah, you know, like we we started off as this amazing country, like this. Or I don't want to say we started off, but we started off with gr- grand ideas, like grand principles. You know, if you read our Constitution, if you read the Declaration of Independence, mm-hmm. man, it sounds fucking awesome. But then, like, you have to also realize, like, we are not perfect because we prevented so many people from from having those rights from having the right to vote from having the right to own property from having the right to to like for example there's before the and and, and I hope I'm right in this uh, I think I am before the 13th 14th and 15th amendments were passed like a black man or or a black woman a black person in general could not sue another person like the united states did not consider black people to have any legal standing in in the in the legal system in the United States. So like and it fell upon literally it fell upon like if I'm not mistaken it fell upon the person who owned them. 
Yeah, and which is kind of fucked up. That's like re- when you that's, think about it, that's really fucked up. Like it's really it's, fucked up because b- basically it was a sense of dictatorship. Di- you know, and dictatorship, you know, as has been. That's how it started, everywhere. You know, dictatorship was the only way at the time a structure of how companies, not companies, I'm sorry, countries, sure. you know, ran. You know, and you got. You got the Romans, you got the Greeks, you got you got you got Caesar, you got fucking Hitler, you got I'm not sure who's the guy from Cuba. Um Fidel Castro. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I No, you're good. Having having blanks right now. But just saying, like I, you sure. know, and, and the people who who owned, you know, um owned slaves. Yeah. Is that yeah. Yeah. Well, Sorry, I, I see I'm I'm losing my thought here, but basically well, like I, that is just you know I, I think and, and I'm getting I'm picking up what you're putting down. Help me finish it. And I think that, you know, I, I don't know if I would say, like, dictatorship may not be the word, but I think, like, it's... Um, I mean, th- to me, that's what it was. It was a sense of dictatorship, and that's... And we agree that it's fucked up. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe it is. I, I think that, like, that it's, it's even worse than a dictatorship in the sense that I think America... Um, and I want to be very careful. I, I love this country. No, yeah, I, I love I'm, the foundation. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be, like, a fucking person that's bashing it. No, we're not... We're not hanging on... I mean, we're, we're, we're just trying... <laughs> We're just trying to get an understanding. Yeah, that's, well, that's I think, it. and I think that this is, like, here's my thing. I'm, I'm a big actions over word person. I, yep, I'm and the I same think, way. and I just want to make this very clear. I think that we're still we're still not doing right by people in this country, because Democrats and Republicans, any fucking politician, it's all mixed up. Has been a, ha, have been have been horrible to. Yeah. most of them have been horrible when it comes to these things because they like to they like to say like. Oh yeah, you know we're for equality and you know anti discrimination and all this stuff. Yet, if I'm not mistaken, Frank, you were born and raised on the Northwest Side. You were you were born and raised right here. I was born in Chicago. I was certainly not born in the same city as someone that was born on 51st and Ashland. Mm-hmm. They're right in the heart of the South Side. They're right in the heart of crime, poverty. They don't they don't have the same opportunities. No. And it's horrible. And it's it, because it, like it, and you know yeah. what it is? It's like people keep saying, like, oh yeah, we gotta do we gotta do this, we gotta do that. What's being done? Nobody does anything. You know? Now we're getting in a rabbit hole, but No <laughs> Like it's all, I mean it's it's you're right. It's all words and no action. Advertisements are words. Marketing is just words. Hell yeah, it's, it's smoke it, and mirrors. It, you know, it's just yeah. actions are are what you see on I mean, it's, I mean, basically, it's what you see in the news, but it's it's the wrong action that everyone that everyone the, no one wants to see that action, you know. Like when you hear, I mean, obviously, the news is the most depressing thing in the world. It's it's just as it's just as depressing as what is going to the zoo. I can't, and I hate to say that. No, that's actually a pretty that's a pretty good way of looking at it. It's, it's as depressing as the zoo. It's very bad. Can I ask you? Did you like going to the zoo as a kid? No, uh, you know what, man? The first time I went to the zoo. I was free. I was freaking the fuck out. Sure. Because, you know, I you would just see these animals in pictures, and yeah. and and you would just color them in your coloring book. You wouldn't sure. see them live, or maybe you you saw them as a cartoon figure. But when you saw them live, you're like, holy shit, what the fuck is that? Yeah. The first time I saw a giraffe, I didn't know what the fu- I I legit thought that thing was gonna eat me alive. Right. You know. Have but, you ever been to like Brookfield Zoo with the giraffes? Yeah. Yeah. They like lick your head and stuff. Yeah. They like come at you, and hey. it's so fun because they're so chill. See now. We're talking like a, a small upside because you want to see action happening. Sure. But really what's going on is that when you're looking at these animals, they're fucking miserable. Well, so and you know that. That's you, the thing. you know that they're miserable. That's the thing. Like, So 
it's it sucks. It, it does. It fucking sucks. Here's my thing. I think first off, I never got I never got like a a good vibe out of zoos. Like when I was going as a kid, I loved it as a field trip because it's like, all right, great, we're not fucking sitting in a classroom. Like mm-hmm. we get to just chill. Uh, I think it smells horrible. It's always hot. You know, it's always like I, again. I never really, I never really got a great vibe from it because honestly, like you're seeing a lot of animals, and I don't look. I'm not. I don't want to go off on the whole thing and be like, oh, the animals, like. Yeah, it sucks that they're in there, but like, let's be honest. There's some animals in the zoo that just they're chill, like they like being in there. Yeah, no, I, I'm not you, a zoo. I don't. I'm not a yeah. zoologist. Not this type of person. But I think giraffes are chill. Like they like it. They're all like, yeah, we like we get to saunter around. They're chill. There's some animals like like all the insects. They're chilling. Yeah, they're vibing. They're like, yeah, we're just. In they here. don't give a fuck because it's it, it's either they're, it takes them a minute to get to somewhere or they're happy we're we're there because they can build inside. Sure. Yeah. You know? And I think like. You, I, like monkeys are fucking miserable. They are miserable. Like they're because they're they're like primates. They, they're us, bro. They're, they're us. They're 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 the our closest. Yeah, our closest. Like what is it called? Like not biological relative or biological just cousins, mammals, right? Yeah, but we're not like they would be considered. Like they're the closest cousin to like what are we Homo sapiens? I believe so. They're the, but they're the closest cousin, and I think like um, they're fucking miserable Can because. I put- they get all they get all violent. Like how many how many times have you heard of like a chimp literally like not only ripping a, a person's face off but like oh they get a crazy. couple times. And I've heard yeah. this I heard this on the Rogan podcast. Like they're they're wild. Like they know what you like. They rip your fingers off because they know like oh you use you use the fingers. Yes, they rip so your, they, they rip w- your dick w- off because they're it, like oh yeah we know what you're doing with that yeah, and w- it's like oh shit. Was it the story about when when the guy brought the birthday cake to the zoo yeah. and it was for the monkey and the, and Bro, the, and the other monkey's is like fucked story. Yeah, and the other monkey's like you oh, know fu- this more further than bring me a birthday cake and he just fucking demolished him. And the guy I think that was with Rogan was like wait so or I can't remember who asked it but they're like wait so if. If if you brought a birthday cake to all the other chimps, would they have been chill? Oh yeah, they would have been chill. I'm like, Bro. <laughs> it's fucking wild. I'm like, my god. Um, but yeah, like I think I, I never got it. I never had a lot of fun at a zoo because I I, I think I know afterward. Like first off, I just didn't like it. I thought it was boring. Yeah. Like I wasn't so in tune with the fact that it's cruel when I was a kid. But now, especially, I'm like, man, I don't want to fucking go. Yeah. I think what's really cool now is though they're doing like the the wild safaris. Where they put all the they put all the humans in like a cage in a cage truck and they like drive it around and that's lions dangerous. come up and they're like that's fucking dangerous they're swatting at the cage I think it's fucking cool though oh no no it is cool but that's fucking dangerous I'd like to think that the guy like in the truck yeah. has like a fucking rifle just in case no not even ri- rifle what's those uh, electric oh uh, like a, a trank right like a tranquilizer almost yeah but then when you, you know how how you poke and it zaps them like the, oh like I thought you were talking about like a bolt gun for a second I no, like, no 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 like, I, I like mean a zapper I mean, tra- yeah like a zapper yeah, yeah but 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 then again though it you know those lines are thick. Fuck, <laughs> those lions are fucking thick. thick. So they stupid thing. No, I'm telling you, like, like those lions, like one shock might not get them. It's a big. You know what it is though. For it's a big truck. And I think another thing is like they're well fed too. So like I think that that kind of curbs them too. Like if they were hungry, they'd be like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip this fucking truck and try to get at these people. Yeah. But the truck is big too. Like it's like a box truck with like a big cage on it, and there's like there's like 20 people inside. Really? Yeah. If you look at like, it's like a drive-through zoo. It's like, and I don't know where it is, but um, there's actually, interestingly enough, there's actually one in Illinois. It's not like a drive-through zoo, but it's like a, a drive-through safari, and you see like a, a few different animals. But you and you can drive through like with, with your car, and they just come up with our car. Yeah. It's now again, there's no fucking lions in Illinois, but it's it's like 
it's like native native animals or like i mean i, I mean th- think about this right realistically are you, are you taking your car through a drive through safari uh, no yeah because here's the thing you know for a fact they're making you sign a waiver because they know yeah if if you get like rammed by a bison and it like does <laughs> a couple grand worth of damage it's like yeah sorry you signed the waiver so no oh. I, I can see a bison oh. i can see a bison on, on google images yeah <laughs> you want to see a fucking drive through safari look at this shit so, yeah that's it like yeah this- safari legend look at this i, I mean dude are you, you're telling me that you're gonna let wild i mean now then again the way I'm not going to go into how they treat animals in their own facilities because this is technically a facility. This is not a safari. It's a facility, in my opinion. Sure. I, I don't know. I could be wrong. But well, well, here's, yeah, like they've got zebras there. Zebras yeah. aren't native. They probably have like a big fence around the Correct. Place. Sure. Correct. So, but either way, you're telling me. camel. Yeah. You're, you're telling me that you want a wild buffalo coming right at your driver's win- window. I think they're pretty chill. I think the no, buffaloes are chill. Of course. I mean, but, but then again, though, you, these are animals. Yeah. They, at any moment, animals and us have the same emotions. Animals are calm or animals get aggressive. And that's the same where we are. We, we're either calm or aggressive. No, I agree. With you me. know, and, and it's just that if, if you get a calm animal coming at you, I mean, yeah, that's fine. But you, you can't be settled with that emotion because you have to think to yourself in the back of your head that, you you could be doing nothing, and sure. that animal can just change just like that. No, you are right. There's, I mean, I that, don't know. That's that's true. I mean, a, a zip- I don't know. I mean, I'd like to think though that they've done enough. Of course, like, but but see, but then but then you're gonna have some asshole that's gonna be like, well, this is how they treat them, and that's why they're so like that. But it's just like, well, that you know, and and then you'll have someone that'll be like, yeah, well, you know, that's not the only like that's the only way we can make sure these animals are calm, and then everyone's gonna get fucking pissed off. And then there's gonna be like, yeah, there's no authenticity, and then these animals are are fucking being drugged and miserable. Oh, you're saying yeah, blah, blah, you're blah. saying like you if know they what get I'm saying? It's like shit. yeah, you know, it's just it's a great concept. It really is. Yeah. I, I mean, can you? I mean, now if you want if you want the live action, you're going to fucking Australia. That's where there's no waiver or Africa. Like you go, like yeah. you go to the there, There's no fucking waiver or nothing. You're you're fucking bringing every tool you got to make sure you end up coming home. I think I think that they the interesting thing is I think that people have and that could be true but I think a lot of people think that it's like this wild west out there but like in Africa they have and it's interesting um I watched a a documentary it's so cool I can't I can't think of the name of it it's on the tip of my tongue um but it's like these these rangers and there's like 12 of them and they're all fucking strapped with like snap sniper rifles and AK47s and it's a documentary on Netflix, and it's like they're defending the gorilla population mm-hmm. from poachers. And their whole thing is like they will they will shoot and kill poachers. Mm-hmm. Like it's a war zone. Like they're like we don't like it's not like oh you're poaching here's a ticket. No, these guys are strapped and they're they're coming in and they're they're defending the gorillas because there's only like whatever one two hundred gorillas left in this like giant forest. It's like a preserve. Um, I can't think of the name of it. It's and it's it begins with like a V, I think. It, it's like a forest in Africa. But the thing is, it's it's pretty badass because out there they there's another African nation that like to curb poachers and to curb people from like killing elephants. They actually have this this thing where I can't remember what it is. Like if you if you recover the tusks from like a poacher, like if you like steal the tusks off a poacher and you bring it back to the the mm-hmm. government like they'll they'll pay you a hefty 
sum of money. Really? So basically what they're doing is they're creating a whole nother level of like predator. It's like predator hunted by the predator where it's like you get poachers for poachers. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that, that's, the, I guess that's the best example of those animals are truly living in the wild and same with Australia. Like there's that fucking continent has some wild things running around. Yeah, I mean, I mean hey, you want to go do it. You want to do a drive to you're on your own. No. <laughs> yeah, I think so. You're right. No. I mean, do I mean, just really think about, do, do you, do, I mean, this might sound pretty obvious, but do you think that there are some dead bodies out there that, you know, do so far as that? I mean, obviously, or should I say, not is there still dead bodies, but do you think what, like, people have died, you know, in a safari, like, or should I say, like, in that type, like, driving through the wild and, like, shit like that? Like, I think there's people that have died of, like, uh, possibly, like, uh, either dehydration or, like, they flipped their vehicle and their vehicle is totaled. totaled and, you know, maybe back in, like, I don't know, maybe people were doing safaris way back when like maybe in the maybe even the 30s and the 40s like they had you know no cell phone no communication so it's like okay well we have like a canteen of water and we have to like fix this car and if we don't fix it we're fucked so basically just a lack of resources yeah i think lack of resources i don't like what what animals are out in australia that i think of that are like that would do you harm like and i i hate to sound ignorant but i don't think there's any lions in australia I don't know if there is Because, like, it's a whole different, it's a whole different continent. Unless they were brought there by, by the Brits, like, when they were colonizing Australia, which I, I don't think they would have brought lions, but, you know, like there, there is that thing with Captain Cook where he kept bringing goats all around islands in the, in the Pacific, so now there's, like, a bunch of goats everywhere, but I don't know if... I'm not sure either. I'm, I'm, like, I'm thinking kangaroos, and I'm thinking, what is that other animal that's pretty... Um, it's called the what is the the little island off the coast of it's not a little island it's a big island off the coast of australia tanzania i'm not sure i think it's the uh tanzanian devil it's like this little like evil monster thing i don't you know like there's certain animals i don't think like but i don't think there's no lions and from what from what i'm seeing it's it's not lions. It's it's turtles. It's um it's killer turtles. <laughs> look at look at this motherfucker. Australian Southern Castle. How do we pronounce this? Ca- cassowary. Cassowary. Look at this thing. Cassowary. Look at this thing. What? The wow. Heck? Look at that. That's something. Is that big I mean, one? I mean, that I, guy? I mean, look at this. It's my Australian accent. Look at his forehead. What's scarier than a 60-kilogram minor dinosaur with killer claws? That's <laughs> Look at that thing, dude. Are you serious right now? Look at this. Hold on. Bro, those things are... And look at Wait, that. wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I'm sorry. I, I, I got to go. We're going really zoomed on this. You know what it is? Look at that. It looks That's like a human finger. It looks like it's, it's a, something... I don't. I think it's bigger than a human it's, finger. It, no, no, you're right. It's, it's like a tree. It, it's like tree f- fingers. It's for, super... for anyone that's curious, this is a southern cassowary. C a s s o w a r y. This thing looks like a. I don't. It, first off, like what, what would you describe this as? This part right here. Yeah. I mean, I mean, my it looks cat... like a giant fuzzy body with like a that's blue my cat. tube sticking out of it. That's my cat. With Basically, giant, is, is, it's like this. Like it's like someone put chicken legs on this giant puffy ball, but yeah, the chicken a, legs are like a hundred times bigger. <laughs> Basically, it's a turkey, an ostrich, a dinosaur, and a tree all, all in one. You're fucking right. Yeah, it kind of looks like someone put like a, 
it, it looks like someone put an someone drew an art class. <laughs> Like a turkey, it looks like something out of Star Wars. It looks like, yeah, like it, like someone put a maybe a turkey in a microwave and it just came it out. Blew they blew up a little bit. Look at it, so, so yeah, that's wow. That's that's an interesting one. Then you got uh, wait, hold on, what does it say? Oh, it says this is that's one that you don't want to be chased by. This guy will fuck you up because you know what that look, thing does. Look at that his thing forehead. just that thing just jumps at you and those claws go back into your they Dude, rip deep you apart in the fucking skin because you know like a, a kangaroo can destroy you. Oh yeah, not not like like they're not known for like going around like kicking people, but like if you get kicked by a kangaroo, bro, they they're flying a few yards. You're they go. You're feeling it at at the top speed, fifty kilometers an hour. Wait, that's the the cassowary. Yeah, holy shit, that's fucking fast. Holy shit. If you told me that they we can't, were, we were going to be it, learning it, it about cassowaries. Look at it, and they could swim. They could swim and they could run basically oh, I'm sure. like a cheetah. When it looks That's like cr- that fucking, I'm sure it can fly too. What do you think it eats? Fucking I'm curious. Frank Lombardo. I'm, cu- I'm curious. Fucking, it eats, I'm curious it eats to, people. I'm, I'm really curious to know what it, what it eats. Australia is crazy. Do you know that you have to like, you have to just casually bring around and like got, not, not everywhere, like not in the cities, but like if you're just chilling out in in a, in a non-urban area you have to like bring giant like nets with you and giant bug spray because the bugs and the insects out there are wild like how fat are we talking about with these well not not even fat or oh, are you talking about the cassowary still no i thought you were talking about the insects oh no the insects are it's not that i i think that they're pretty big okay but it's not so much like their their actual size it's their like deadliness wow they're a deadly bug yeah, you know what it's or they're deadly bugs, like in general. Yeah, I, I mean now, see, this is what, what I never understood. Malaria, it's sure it's mosquitoes, correct? Correct. Now, why are we able to handle mosquitoes here, but in Africa, they're they're not able to handle it over there? It's just access to medication. Is that so, it, yeah. it, so? Basically, vaccines. Not even well, not even vaccines. So my dad was actually in the army, and he had to take anti-malarials all the time. Okay. So he was in the the UN, and when he was in uh, Lebanon, so it's right there in the Middle East, they had to take anti-malarials all the time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it, it's, it, I think, and I could be wrong, but I, I think from the way that he's put it, and from the way that uh, I've heard it before, you have to go on anti-malarials when you're in certain parts of the world that don't have an advanced medical system okay. and especially in hot places humid places <clears throat> excuse me because that's where mosquitoes like you know they thrive mm-hmm. when we were in morocco um when i was in morocco it was about three years ago actually um we, we were going to take anti-malarials but then mm-hmm. people were like unless you're staying there for like unless you're going out to certain parts like outside of like marrakesh and outside mm-hmm. rabat and outside the bigger cities you don't need it mm-hmm. um it, like it's fine but if you're going like into the desert or you're going into places where there's like these like giant like deposits of like mosquito like uh, populations, yeah, you would need it. Like in in, a- in Africa in general, and like I think even in like parts of Southern Asia, parts of the Middle East, um, malaria is very widespread. But I think like here it's I don't know if it's that wide. I don't know if it's it, that widespread. I we may have even taken like shots as we were kids. Maybe, but I don't know. I couldn't. I'm not. I'm not, I'm sure. not sure. But no. But it makes sense of, of what you're saying, though. It's just yeah. like it's in in simplicity. It's resources. Yeah, I mean that's why. Like for example, like did you ever hear of like dysentery? 
No, what is that? Dysentery is like another way of saying diarrhea. Okay. That literally kills, and again, I, it could be wrong here, but I know for a fact it kills tens of thousands of people. It could possibly kill really? hundreds of thousands of people in Africa. Why is that? Because, again, it's exactly what we said, access, access to resources. Like, how do you, like, when, okay, not to get graphic here, but everybody knows that when you're in America or you're in a Western country, or you're in, like, a, a like, um, like great, uh, you know, popular, like, great parts of the world. Give me a town. You have access to toilets. You have access okay. to, clean, like, cleanliness products. You have access to disinfectants. Like, everybody has, like, Clorox at the house. It. Everybody has that stuff. Like, to be honest with you, and it, it sounds horrible, but, like, in a lot of parts of the world, it's an outhouse and it's like a bucket and you get the bucket and you put it in the waste stream. Like there's like a water stream that's Mm -hmm. been like dedicated, like, okay, well that's where we put our waste and flies and insects develop parasites, all that. They, they float around there. They, you know, they, they float around waste and, and that's, and the sad part about it is they don't have sewer systems. They don't have systems to take away their, their waste. Mm -hmm. So that's literally why it's such a big problem. Yeah. No, it, 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 I mean, if, if you want, if you want to put into a, a bigger perspective, we're our, we are our own disease. We're the ones that are cause. We cause our own viruses because of, you know, how we manage. That is very deep. Every resource, you know, that is pretty deep. Yeah, and think of it this way: if you get, like, let's just say you get, let's say you get a bout of diarrhea, are you going to the emergency room? No. Where do you go? You go to like Walgreens and you get some like. Gatorade. something yeah. yeah and you're like oh like i just need to like like i was always told a kid like oh like when i'm like four years old because like kids get that stuff when you're yeah or, or, or even that's like when your stomach hurts they tell you t- to drink seven up you know i've been told that you yeah. know it's like how, what if they don't have seven up over there what well, the they, fuck they, do they think like what what, what, do, what would they do you know what they do they like and the sad part is and and i'm, I'm not general and i mean like out like i mean outside of major african cities like nairobi Alexandria, like Tunisia, you know, like you, South Africa, for example, is, is a fairly developed country. It's like a second world country. You have places on the coast like Dakar, Senegal. You're not going to have a lot of these issues there. But like when I'm talking about like when you're in sub-Saharan Africa, you know, the, the same water that they're drinking that they make that they may think is a relief. That's that's where that's actually where the parasites came from. So it, it's not like you have a relief. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's horrible. That's sad. And again, it's not just sub-Saharan Africa. It's it's parts of it's parts of underdeveloped Southern Asia, you know, impoverished Asia, parts of the Middle East, especially like India. There's yeah. there's parts of India. I mean, remember, there's like a if I'm not mistaken, there's one billion people in India. I I believe so. You know, I, I could check. That, it's it's but. it's uh it's it's growing at a faster rate than China is. So, yeah, no, it, but, it's, that, but that's an example with a population that big and. You know they're not a, they're not necessarily first world countries. Unfortunately, those issues that may seem small, they're they're big over there. They're big issues. What did you say it was? The population of India? Yeah, I, I'd say I'm probably wrong. It's probably bigger. But I the last time I checked, and this was probably in twenty, maybe 2017, 2018, I was one billion. I got twenty eighteen according to Google one point three five three billion. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I mean that's. But, but still, what, that's. What is the population of China? Is it China three, like three point something billion? It two in two thousand eighteen. It was, it was one point three nine three. No, it's not. Not yeah. Sorry, not not three billion. It was one point three nine three in two thousand eighteen. Uh, two thousand twenty. I could check, but it it looks like it's it's towards one point four, one point five. That's fucking bi- crazy. Billion. That's crazy. 
you know? Um, but then again, though, it's like that measure can't be exact, no. you know? No, it's because never, no. I mean, it just it it just doesn't seem right. According you know, according to this, uh, I mean, and and this could be. I'm not sure. This is a very accurate website, but it's called worldometers.info. Sure. Um, it says the medium age. Median age in China is thirty eight point four years old. That's crazy. That that's fucking nuts. That's old. Old. Yeah. The median. 30, the median age. Thirty eight point four. That's. Wait now. Oh, well, maybe not. I guess. Because. Because I guess they. Now. Well, I'm just thinking. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong. Sure. Median is the average. No, it's the average. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's pretty good. Actually, now that I think of it, thirty, it's probably not that bad. It's not old, but that's pretty good. But you know, they're having a population problem because obviously, you know, like their one child policy, yeah. one child for everyone policy, yeah. that backfired. That policy no longer exists, by the way. The one, ch- the one child per family policy. How how did it establish? Was it because it was it became overpopulated when they had to do population. Control. Yeah, they literally said like you can't have more than one kid. Like everybody has to have one kid. That's it. Now, you know, and, and I could be wrong. Then you know, this is just a myth. Sure. Or, or and, and I, I like I said, I could be wrong. But is it where some families, and maybe it's not just exclusive to China, but maybe just and correct me if I'm wrong. Is it the families that that are in China that majority of the families want a male, and if it's a female. They find a way to get rid of it and not claim it as their first child. Christ, I don't know about that one. Or is it? But I would say or, or, I would say that there's a bias know. towards men. But sure, you know what I'm saying. Like, like is in it, a lot of cultures. Is it? Is it now? I don't know if that was China, Korea, or something like that. But I, but but I know that Possibly. there is a good population of Asians. There really is. And oh, gen- generally it's it's yeah, it's a lot. I mean, like, you know, it's just... Because when, when you say Asian, though, you got to be careful because here's the thing. Indians are Asian. When you r- think about... Really? Well, here's the thing. You have to think about, like, in America, we say the Middle East. We but, do. But really, do. The, the, the more... And I don't want to say politically correct, but the, it's not that it's, like, fucking politically correct, but it's, like, the way that a lot of people in the Middle East feel. It's like, hey, like, Americans called it the Middle East for so long because they were having fucking wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. We want to call it Western Asia. So they do, like, Western, like, every, think about it this way. Even Israel is considered in Asia. Really? Okay. Yeah. Because when okay. you, like, even, and, and it's wild, but if you look at a map, they consider Israel as, like, it's in, it's in Asia. It's not that it's technically in Asia. It is. But, but, but it's in, in that border of the continent. I, th- I think so. And it's, like. Now, so then, then basically then each country is classified as their own language. So you, so, and that's why they're not considered Asian. So like you're, so so it's like you're considered Chinese, you're considered Korean, you're concerned, you're you're um yeah we're well, called like Indonesian, you know Japanese like like sure. that right like but they're not then uh, then like are we saying that or should I say is is it that they're not Asians or no no they're so I'm just here's the thing I'm like, just trying to ge- understand the concept of it well there's geographically so geographically like okay so if I if someone asked me like have you been to Asia. Mm-hmm. Like the continent, I would say yes, I've been to Asia, and they would say like, "Oh, where have you been?" Mm-hmm. And I'd say, "Well, I've been to, I've been to Dubai, which is in the United Arab Emirates, and I've been to Oman." Where's that at? O- Oman is right beside, um, is right beside the United Arab Emirates, okay, on the Arabian Peninsula. So it's it's, uh, it would be right beside. 
it 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 borders the United it borders the United Arab Emirates and it borders um, Yemen. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and it's so, but that the, the Arabian Peninsula. Um, now I want to look at it just to make sure. Like, mm-hmm. want to fact check myself here. It's definitely, um, it's definitely in Asia, though. But what do you think traditionally when you think Asia? China. China. You think China, Japan, Korea. Yep. You think of all those nations like right there in like the the Pacific Rim. Yeah. And, and, go ahead. No, it's but the, and that's it. And it's but actually in reality, it's like if you if you wanted to really like geographically, Mongolia, India. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, I mean, there's so many. Correct. There's so many nations, well, and and the weird thing is because you think. Okay, well, you know that it doesn't it doesn't equate with my mind, and that's okay. You, like, it's not that you know people are misled. It's just that geographically, strictly speaking, you would you would call you like you would call everybody everybody you know east of Israel. You would say, okay, well, that's Asia, and everybody like west of like Japan, that's also Asia. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Minus, of course, like you know, obviously Australia is its own continent. They're just kind of throwing country. They're chilling. That's Ocean. I think Australia's cons. I think Australia's considered no, but Australia, Australia or yeah, it's Australia, Australia is its own continent, right? But w- like, what I'm saying is like, okay, for example, um, like Mexico, Canada, yep. the United States, North America, North America. But what else is con- like in North America? Greenland, Greenland. Sorry. See, that's see, but that's contentious because now that's like politics mixed with like geography and like because i think greenland is greenland is claimed by i think greenland is claimed by denmark like they're a part of the danish kingdom so so then they will be considered europe correct you know like iceland too like iceland if you look at a map like iceland is it's a part of europe yeah but aren't they i mean yeah but they're like an island all to themselves up there yeah but they're island but iceland by the way is beautiful now are they north of norway right no they're they're I, west of. I'd suppose they'd be north of Norway, but they're more west of Norway. Like they're they're farther they're farther into the Atlantic, and they're north, more north and more. Uh, I'll tell you more I, west than like Ireland is. So I, I'll tell you right now, my geographic skills are terrible. No, that's fine. But, but what I, I guess what I'm saying is like you, the, there's like that. That's where it is. Geographic. It's west. It's west of Norway, east of Greenland. That's where it is. Yeah, but it, like now look at that. Now look at that. Frank can be like. Like th- this is how funny like geography is. You can't cl- you can't claim Greenland as North America. It, it it doesn't even fall within the map like that. And now, but see that's the thing. But I don't even know would you can like. And that's another thing about North America. So you're gonna consider like fucking Canada in the same continent as like Panama because Panama is cons- Panama, Guatemala, Honduras. They're all Central America. Really? Yeah. But so, what is so, cent- so Central America like, is not a continent. It's it's a part of North America. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like when you say North America, like what if someone said, "Oh, I'm North American," like what? That doesn't even that doesn't fucking make, make any sense. That doesn't make sense because it's. You know what it is? It's the New World. Because when you had European explorers, where did the European explorers go? To America. Yeah, they went to the New World. Columbus. 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 And Amerigo they, Vespucci. They, fucking exactly. And they call it America. You know? And then they call it. You know, the Spaniards settled in Mexico. The Spaniards actually settled in a lot of places. So did the Portuguese settled in Brazil. The Spanish, the Spaniards settled in Chile and in Argentina. But like, would you call like, oh yeah, I'm North American? No, you don't say that. No, you're you're American. Yeah, you, like no no Mexican out there, no Canadian. Out I've there. never heard of anyone even say I'm North American. E- exactly. Now, would you say like, oh, I'm South American? 
I've never heard that. No. Because South America's a diff it's a different ball game as well. Because I would consider South America as well the new world. Yeah. Speaking from like that, you know, that history class perspective. Yeah. There was obviously people there. People from Brazil. The indigenous people there, but yeah. It's the way how no, I mean just the way how 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 it, how it is like that. It's you you don't say this person from Brazil is South American. He's Brazilian. Same thing with being from Colombia, Colombian, and et cetera. Et cetera. So it's like, sure. I don't know. I no, mean, I, I think it's just interesting though because like we, I, I think um, that like it's so funny and America perpetuates this as much as Europe does. And I think there's a lot of people out there and this is all over the place. I'm not saying like it's yeah. a problem. I'm just saying it's interesting. Like for example, and Trevor Noah said this, he, you know, Trevor Noah, the uh, comedian. Yes. He's yes, on yes, comedy yes. central. So he used to like, he used to just be a stand up comic and he's from South Africa, but he, he acknowledged in a skit one time. He thought it was so funny that he like, he lands in LA and some like, some American guy who happens to be black is like, Hey, my brother, like and he walks up to him and Trevor Noah's like, what? He's like, Oh, you know, and like talking to him and stuff. And you know, maybe this actually didn't happen, but Trevor, Trevor Noah's doing it for like a, a skit and like, you know, during stand up, And it was funny because I think when we see a, when, when you see a black person in the United States, what do you like? What's the term you automatically want to say? You want to say African American. Yeah. But it's like, I'm not fucking African American. I'm from, I'm from Sudan. I'm from Niger. I'm from Mali. I'm from Algeria. Yeah. I'm from Djibouti. I'm from South America or S South Africa. Yeah. Like, for, so for them, they're like, what the hell is this? Like, I'm not fucking African American. Like, what if, so for example, what if, like, in a weird parallel universe, like, you land in an airport and some guy walks up to you and they're like, oh, it's a European American. You're like, first off, I'm not fucking American. Yeah. I'm, Yes, I'm from Europe, but I'm I'm English, I'm Irish, I'm French, I'm Italian. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of it's kind of weird how we like make these yeah, names. It's so strange. I don't I don't like how Italians are called Italian Americans. I mean, I get it. Sure. But at the same time, I I don't like it. You know, it's just it's just not my it's just not my type of thing. It's Do, do you prefer just Italian? I I mean, I do because that's where I was born. Even though I wasn't raised there, that's where I was born. So oh Christ, that's right. You yeah. know, that's that's my country. You're straight off the boat. That's, that's what they, you know, that's, that's what the they, say. That's they say. That's what they say. I say yeah. that about my dad, my, or my parents. I'm like, you're just, just straight off. The yeah. Phone. I mean, but it's, you, you know what it is? It's, it's America. No, you know, it's not just, you know, I don't even know if it's America. I feel like the people who have structured education or history. Sure. It's history is just written by numerous of people. I mean. Oh yeah. And the things oh, it's yeah. like, it's, I mean, then again, the only reason why I question history because I don't know, I'm always a believer in conspiracy theories. So <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why I do, but I don't really they get, get a bad it. name. Conspiracy theories they, get a bad they, name. Yeah, they do. And the thing is, it's like, you know, you and I can be in the same place at the same time, you know, doing the same exact thing, but it could come out two different ways. That's correct. You, you know what I mean? Absolutely. That's why I question history. Now, 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 I'm not against it. I'm not, I'm not like strongly for it. You know, I'm the type of person where, you know, how, how credible is the source and, and how you know it's to the T. Because for me, the way how I understand things, it's you have to see it to believe it. Now, that doesn't go with everything, of course, because. No, of now, course not. Nowadays, there's, you, you know, b back then, you know, you had your common sense, you know, still to say you, you have your common sense. But for, 
I don't know if there was a time where there was no such thing as common sense. <laughs> I, I, I don't well, know. I don't I, know. But it's like, I mean, I mean the, the only way for it to become common sense is you had to see it to believe it. So if someone said, don't touch fire, it's going to fucking burn you. And we're going way back then, you know, you didn't, you, you probably may, may have thought that it was going to burn. But sure. you wouldn't know until you saw it or until you experienced it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's why I think it became common sense because. Right. Well, I think that there's things that are common sense. I, 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 too, I, I do think that common sense is, is learned. Mm-hmm. So, for example, like if you're a toddler and you walk over to a campfire and you're unsupervised, you may be tempted to put your hand in the fire. Yep. That's perfectly normal behavior because you don't know that fire is bad for you. Exactly. But what have you been told? Like, And like I always got told this, like, yeah. Don't touch the stove. It's hot because mm-hmm. I'm like I'm two foot tall as a toddler and I'm reaching up at the pans or I'm like, oh, what is mom doing? What, are, what is dad doing? But we don't listen. But you don't listen. But the thing is, you like maybe that one time, like your mom will turn around to you and say, hey, it's hot. Like, mm-hmm. don't touch it. And you're like, oh, shoot, I can't do that. Or you take it a step further, which I probably did as a kid. And you touch the damn pot and you're like, oh, shoot, yeah. that's not a good feeling. That's exactly. Hot. You You had to see it to believe it. Yeah. And I think that like, but that's different than I think. Like we're, I think that that's different than having like a healthy skepticism about mm-hmm. some things that are told to us. Uh, like I think, like there's common history. I think like there's certain common truths in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I I I think that if you, if you engage in um, conspiracy theories, I hate the word because it makes you sound like you know. I feel like you have to wear like a tinfoil hat and stuff. But like make it sounds like, make it sounds like a crazy fuck. It kind of does. But like for example, like people entertain the idea that Jeffrey Epstein was not like he was murdered mm-hmm. and he, he like it was right. not a suicide. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people. There's a lot yeah. like there's very few people that I know that are like no Ethan that's ridiculous. Like Jeffrey Epstein was was not murdered. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't necessarily believe that, like. But, it was suspect. Yeah. They kind of entertain it. They're like, yeah, it's it's interesting. Like it's like there's a coincidence, the timing, it's horrible. Like here's the thing. Here's a conspiracy theory, but we can all basically get on board. Martin Luther King Jr. was investigated by the FBI. Like he was like being like not investigated, that's the wrong word. He was like getting and harassed by the FBI. Mm-hmm. They were looking into him. They were like, how do we find dirt on this guy? Yeah. That's there's plenty of information out there plenty of information that could be corroborated that is corroborated that says yeah the fbi was definitely doing that was the fbi investigating jfk was the mafia involved in jfk probably not like the assassination who knows who like do do i necessarily entertain that to a degree like i think like there's been there's been many things that can be linked back to like jfk's family they're like he was involved with like involved with the mafia mm-hmm. not that he himself was involved with the mafia but he cut deals with them but here's the thing that is also a conspiracy theory you know mm-hmm. what else is a conspiracy theory like there's horrible horrible things I'm, and i don't even want to say them because no, it's like, it, it, you yeah, don't want to no like, exactly fucked up you know like people say like 9-11 was an inside job like that's I don't, I don't even want to touch that one. No. Because you see information all over the place, and it's like, oh, fuck. Like, I'm not even going to go down that I, I haven't hole. I haven't really even looked into it, to be honest with you. It was just there, from it, it was just word of mouth. There's a lot the, of... The yeah. entertainment. Just like I said, see, was the entertainment of a conspiracy theory. Sure. I haven't really looked into it. Right. And, and I don't plan on looking into it. Sure. Because that's the past that's happened. Well, that's an interesting way of looking at it. But you know what's funny? And it's just a small note about that. I was actually working at a... Um, at a, at a restaurant and these two 
Eastern European women who were like just came to the States like mm-hmm. within the last like three years of me talking to them. And they were like so confident and like laughing at me, Frank. Like they were like, no, 9-11 was an inside job. Like the fact that you as an American do not know that and accept that is ridiculous. Oh, and I was they, like, oh, that's what they said. That's what they said. Oh, wow. And I was like, hey, okay, that's, that's a little fucked that you're coming at. Like here's what, if you want to dissect it, you know, if you want to talk about how America, like maybe top levels in the in the administration knew that there was a pending terrorist attack mm-hmm. and they didn't take the proper steps, we we can have that honest discussion. But if you want to tell me that there was this grand conspiracy to destroy, you know, target our nation's, uh, you know, defense mm-hmm. hub and also like the two mo- like two of the most iconic buildings in New York, I, I don't know. I, I'm uncomfortable with that yeah. assertion. And yes, I haven't. And to, to your point. I kind of don't want to go on a rabbit hole on the internet one day and be like, oh yeah, let me look up all the, all the facts. And I'm yeah. using air quotes, all the facts about nine 11 mm-hmm. and the conspiracy. I don't want to, cause I'm going to encounter some wild shit, but going back to it, the, the, like, I guess the main point that I'm trying to make, there's some conspiracy theories out there that, um, you know, you can get on board with mm-hmm. and you can be like, Oh, that's, that's kind of sus. But the way how, how it is, it's like, even though it could be a conspiracy theory, it's just like going back to how my point was like history, you know, history is told in every angle possible, a full three fucking 60. That, that rule can somewhat apply to conspiracy theories, but you know, it's, you just have, people have to take information with a grain of salt. Because not not all information, but just some information with a grain of salt. Because you know, half the time everyone's just bullshitting. Because half the time no one knows anything. You know, from what from what I you know have heard and from what I've I've talked to about you know with with others. You know, they say that Americans don't know anything about what goes on. But to, that's yeah, that could be a theory. But you know what I'm saying? It's, I think that's a lot of places. It, exactly. It, you know what it is? It's fashionable and it's fun for even Americans themselves to shit on themselves and be like, yeah, Americans were so dumb. And like, I hear people, my God, I went to DePaul and the amount of people that like would bandwagon with like a fucking professor and be like, like there was a professor that I had and, and I liked him. He was a decent guy, but he comes up with this crock of shit one day. He's like, yeah, I tell people I'm a Canadian when I go out of the country because I'm just so embarrassed. And he's laughing, and everyone's like, yeah, that's so great. And I'm like, then why the fuck are you here? Just like, trying, how about this? They're trying to get a fucking A, man. Come on, bro. I don't, yeah, I don't even know if it's that, though, Frank. I think it's, you know what it is? It's simple. Like, it's simple to just go, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, totally. Like, it's so easy to be like, America's a horrible, horrible, horrible country. Okay, well, it, but it's very easy to say. It's so easy, it's, it, like and in it's, general, and on the opposite side too. It's it's so easy to say, like, yeah, America's the greatest country in the world. Period. Here's the thing: I have a problem with both. You got to explain where you come from. You have to you have to kind of you have to be able to argue your points. I guess you don't have to, but like, if you're getting you into just got to be credible. Yeah, if you're getting into a debate with someone and you want to exert your point, you have to come with facts prepared. Correct. And I think the people that, I mean, my, I encountered so many people that. Um, I'm trying to think of a solid example. But well, I mean, you go ahead. Maybe, maybe from what you're picking up is that. A little more t- need a little bit more of this. 
I'm gonna have some eggnog. Oh, you're gonna have some. I, I oh, mean, that's right. That's I, I figured you would have no, some. No, I'll have some. No, I'll have some. Um, Are we having this? All right, well then I'll, I'll finish this. Yeah. Real quick though, Frank. Go ahead. Go ahead. This is my, and I just wanted to bring this up earlier. For if when you're drinking bourbon, when you're drinking anything that's a little, it's a little I'm stronger. Not, I'm gonna have a little bit because, you know, I, I want to get back in the whiskey. No, but but here's the thing, don't anticipate the bite. It's the same with shooting a gun. I know. Like when people shoot a gun, and I've seen people, they go, uh, 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 well, and they're they're prepared. They're like, oh, but let's get on you because I know that you you bought one. But and I want to hear about that. Yeah, but but do you know why that is though? That emotion carries. Well, it's anticipation. Well, yeah, it, it is anticipation. But but what creates that anticipation? Uh, f- like fear. It's fear, but it's also power. A gun's got fucking power. Sure. A power that. Not a lot of people get to really exercise or have even felt. So it's like. But, That's you, true. You know, no, what? that is true. But I'll, as far as bourbon goes, I think it's more anticipation. And yeah. I think it's more like, oh, I've heard that this is not great. Like people smell it. They're like, eh. And I'm like, how did you even. Okay, I get it. It smells strong or it may have like that yeah, alcohol kind of. Weight. Exactly. But the thing is, though, it's that like when people are uncomfortable. It goes straight to a negative thought. Mm. That's that's the problem. That's a, so, that's a that's a good point. So you know what I'm so, saying. So it's like when you're sniffing the bourbon and it and it's like a stingy like like uh, what's that uh, like like pinchy smell. It's like rubbing alcohol. Yes, it it stings them. So yeah. when it stings them, it's it's you're being attacked. So psychologically, you're in defense mode. You're like fuck that. I'm not touching that. Sure. You know that's that's, that's an interesting point. That's that's where it comes from. So, but. I, I already forgot my train of thought. I just lost it. No, no, we were... I'm sorry. So we were, let me backtrack, because I, I only wanted to know if you wanted another bourbon. Oh, I will. I will, but. But we, we were talking about how, like, see, now I have to remind myself. You asked the guy who's horrible at, at tracing his steps to, to get us back to where we were. <laughs> I mean, I mean, fuck it, dude. This eggnog's pretty good, though. We were talking about, I, I want to try it. Evan Williams, first off, decent brand of bourbon. Yeah. I mean, and it's a cheaper bourbon. I don't touch it, though. You don't, tu- you don't uh, touch uh, Evan Williams? No, not, not even that. I just don't. Bourbon's not my first right. type. It's wine. It, it, and I know that we had that Fucking discussion. He's Italian. He likes his wine. No, I I need to get better at my wine. But no, the thing is, though, I don't know shit about wine. Okay. I just don't. Do you know how easy it is? Can I tell you? Do you know how easy it is to become, like, a level one certified, like, not a sommelier, because the the world it's like the the world court of sommeliers like issued the actual sommelier certification, but who the hell are they? Like, what authority do they have? Mm-hmm. That's the way that I look at. It. I mean, they're pretty prestigious and stuff. But here's the thing: if you look at, um, I think it's the. It's funny. I was actually I'm, I'm ta- I was talking to a girl who's getting her uh, her sommelier really certification. Okay, and I. I don't know if she's a level one sommelier. Um, I kept saying it to her. I was like, oh, you're a sommelier. That's great. And she was like, I don't even think I am. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, well, I didn't take the World Court of Sommeliers exam, which is like the legit real one. She took like this, like a wine. It's another reputable, like, like, like it's institution. It, yeah, it's like a, a reputable like institution. But she, uh, but she like got her level one and now she's going to go get her level two. And I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Um, but I like she, it was interesting. She showed me her first book and she was like, this is it. And it's, I kid you not, Frank, it's like 20 pages. Really? So if you're any way interested in getting like a little bit of certification, 
I don't know. I not mean, even if you're interested, it, I, but even if you're just learning, like if you want to learn about wine. Yeah, no, because you know what the um, when it comes to wine, it's it's just for me to just have a taste. You know, it's I don't know. Wine is very, it could be very smooth, um, but it, it could be bitter and it could be sweet. I mean, there's to me there's very particular levels of of wine and me i'm more of a smooth person when it gets bitter, <laughs> when it when it when it gets yes bi- you are frank lombardo <laughs> when it when it gets bitter it gets that bitter is where is where it gets a little stronger and and i i get that you know what i actually do have some homemade wine that that we should actually i think try it's very bitter though really it's very it's very strong well i wouldn't say it's very strong but i'm just not wait did you it. go through the did, did you made it yourself no, I didn't make it. I I actually my uh, cheers by the way. Cheers. We're now my, trying eggnog. My mom gave me. It's pretty good. My mom gave me the bottle, and uh, she said it was, it was from one of her uh, friends. But I try. I didn't like it. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Yeah. It's it was very. Um, like I said, it was bitter. So it was strong. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you you have a glass, maybe three. Who, who, you know, it just depends on the person, but sure. me two glasses. I mean, f- I mean, I'm I'm feeling some type of way. Yeah, you know? I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I- I've never been offered like homemade wine. I mean, do you want some? I'll try a little bit. I'll I mean, we're we're, we're mixing a lot of we're mixing a lot of booze here. I don't give a fuck. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Just because you can make it doesn't mean you should make it, and that's not. I mean, that's for everybody. Like there, there's people that I know. They're like, yeah, I make my own beer, and I'm like, why? Like why yeah. you can go to the store and just you can get beer that's made by a a professional. It's his job to make beer. You know, like what what if someone said, "Hey, I made my own car." <laughs> what? I mean, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I mean, I know that's 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 a ridiculous comparison. I get like, you know, I guess people think like, "Oh, I make my own bread. I make my own pasta. I make my own food. I may as well like make my, I may as well make my own, uh, you know, wine and stuff." But I don't know. I think it's. I mean, listen, wine does have an interesting history to it. There's, if, I mean, if, I mean, I, well, I guess the real question is, have you really had homemade wine or no? You, it, like, I mean, uh, you, you, no, really, no. You, 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 you haven't tried it? Not, no. No. Because Unless it's commercially made, I don't think I've, I've had it, no. I was going to say because, you know, I, I've had a couple homemade wines and, you know, it's, I've seen the process of it, how it, how it, how it works. Not, sure. not to the complete hundred percent, but right. I've seen, you know, my friend that I grew up with, his name is John Franco. Um, his grandpa and his father, they would smash grapes in their garage and they'd right. be making wine. So the first time I saw a crown Royal bottle, I thought it was wine because that's where he it. put it in. That's awesome. You know? You know, I have, I have Italian neighbors to do the same thing. They're like, give me all your empty bottles because they make their, their they make like homemade limoncello, chocolate. They make uh, their homemade wine. So, yeah, they're doing the same thing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Awesome. That's crazy. Here's, here's my problem, though. And I don't mean to sound like a snob here, but all wine, there's a critical ingredient to wine, and it's the grapes. Yeah. When that's you, like, that's what it is. I mean, it's, it's the grapes. So here, here's my here's my issue. Go ahead, tell um, me. If if you're making the the grapes, uh, if you're, how do I put this? Like, the the grapes have to be from a dedicated vineyard, because the process of making good grapes, like, 
um, it, they have to be stressed. Like they have to be like, you almost have to neglect them because the best grapes are the ones that are neglected and they're slightly shriveled and they're, they're struggling because they produce a lot of sugar mm-hmm. because the plant itself realizes like, Oh shoot, we're in like, we're in danger. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they kind of produce a lot of sugar because what they're trying to, they're, they're trying to elongate their life so that they can get to like the next season so that they can like spread seeds and like basically what it's like a it's a survival thing in that process those stressed grapes produce a lot of sugar that during the fermentation process and i i can't remember i I don't know if it's lactic fermentation or it's i can't think of the technical term i'm trying to recall my wine class (laughs) back into paul but it's basically the process is that that heavy sugar that turns into you know, like the yeast eats that and it becomes alcohol mm-hmm. and that produces a great wine. But here's the thing about the grapes. Like, why do we get, why does California have amazing wine? Oregon. Why does South America, yeah, Oregon, Washington even. They're all in that kind of, uh, and what is it? The um, Do you think it's it's the water? No, it's not. It's the, uh, it, it's a lot of things. It's, it, it is stu- it, 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 a little bit about humidity, a little bit about heat. Um, you know, like there's a vineyard right now in, in Illinois. The wine? It's not good. No, I, I wouldn't believe it, so. It's because why the fuck would you have a vineyard in, in Illinois? It's ridiculous. So the point that I'm trying to make is like the actual product of wine, there's really nothing that you can do in your fucking house to make it better. Because if you're getting grapes from, God forbid, like if you're making homemade wine and you're getting grapes from the supermarket, come on, bro. Like those grapes are meant, to, those grapes are, they're, they're plump, they're tasty for eating. They're not good for making wine. They're never going to make good wine because they're low they're they're low in sugar compared to like good wine making grapes. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just not going to make a great product. So you can you can add as much yeast and you can say like, "Oh yeah, we age it in my garage and we do this whole process that like my grandmother did." Look, bro, that's awesome, but you're never going to have a great product. See, now I'm recalling all this wine stuff and I bet I'm pissing off uh, some people that maybe listening they're like nah man my my grandma makes some great homemade wine and i'm like i mean maybe i don't know if she ships if she ships the grapes in from italy maybe i guess but or if she ships some you know those chianti grapes from from uh or those sangiovese grapes from Mm -hmm. italy but you know unless it's like that if you're making the grapes in your in your backyard unless you have like good root stock i don't know if it's gonna work okay yeah what's going on there it is good to see you thank you Oh, this is fucking this, awesome. Yeah, this is the homemade wine I was talking about. Here, go, go ahead. Take oh, a whiff. Is, I, I want to take a whiff. Yeah, I mean, it. from first inspection, it looks like grape juice. Yeah, right? Because of because of all the little bubbles on top. Well, then again, it's been in the fridge. Right. So I don't know if that... Because I know that for, for certain wines, there has to be a specific temperature. Right. Uh, you know, th- that's my problem with wine. It's like, yes, I want to learn. I yep. want to learn like the different types, it, it but it's, a- it's like, it's, it's a big extra, extra curricular activity f- of my interest. And that's, and that's a lot of time. I mean, look, it even says right here for uh Somalia, uh, just the cost of being a certified one estimate is it's the average is about 1300 to $1,500, which to be honest, that's you, level one to be a level one and level one. Like, for example, if you wanted to be a server at, like, Mastro's or Chicago Cut, not even those places, but, like, a really nice restaurant, even, like, a Michelin star restaurant, yeah, they're going to ask you, like, do you have that certification? 
Yeah. And if you wanted to be a server at those great places, it's an awesome certification. Mm -hmm. Like, think about kids that are coming out of college, Frank, and, like, they're like, you know, I don't want to... I, I don't want to go to college. I don't want to put myself in debt, but like I will study as much as I can. And when I turn 21, I'll take the sommelier exam and they could be when they're 21, they could be a sommelier. If you learn enough, like by the age of 22, 23, you could be a level two or a level three. Yeah. You could be working at a Michelin three-star restaurant. You've been making a ton of money anyway, but that that's besides the point. I'm sorry. No, no. I mean, by, it, you are right. Like it's for you as a hobby. You it's, don't want to just become like a fucking sommelier. Like you're not going to use. No, that. it's tough. But 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 I must but I must say though, it's uh, I'm reading right here because I was curious to see what what the average salary was for you know one. So it says the 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 median for a certified sommelier salary is sixty two k. Yeah, and it that is second level certification and is typically held by sommeliers and wine professionals with around three to seven years experience. So if, so, you, so if you. Let's say you basically said fuck college, right? Sure. Let, let's yeah. Let, let's put this in this scenario. You said you said fuck college. I'm gonna start working. I'm gonna work at the restaurant. I'm gonna be a server. I'm gonna I'm gonna go into wine and I'm gonna I'm just gonna learn the wine. And that's that's a great way to get started. Sure. Cost you zero dollars. You're working. It just costs you time, right? No, that's true. Right. Yeah, right. you're right. Let's, now now let's advance to that. You're you're sir. You you've been serving since since you've been 17, 18 years old. Sure. Right. Now you know you you got everything now. You're 22. That's four years after college. You already meet that criteria of being a level two sommelier. You could be making the average income of what starting out of college bachelor degrees make. Yeah. It's it's possible. Even, it, prob it, even probably more. You know what it's I'm saying? Because there's a lot of – and, and here's the thing. There, there's a lot of servers out there. I don't know a lot of servers that like fine dining restaurants that are like 21, 22, 23. No, I it's, don't. it's it's very rare. Like they may be like maybe in their late 20s and their early 30s. Yep. And then it goes up from there. But there's a lot of servers that don't have the sommelier designation. No. And they're like, yeah, I know I know a little bit about wine, but like I, I, I'm not certified. Like I was working at a, at a nice steakhouse and, you know, I think we had maybe 18, 19 servers mm -hmm. on rotation. Um out of those 18 or 19, I think we had like seven or eight that were level one. Mm -hmm. And then we had like one or two that were level two. So we had like some people that were like, when you get to level two, you almost like make the, you make that mental, I think, or you're already making that uh, commitment to keep going. And I think level three is like the end or you go on to become a master, which is incredibly difficult. Um, look up just on this. If you're curious, look look up the the average salary of like a master sommelier. First off, you never have to apply for a job; they come to you. There's like, there's a great documentary on Netflix. I don't know if it's there anymore, but it's called Som S O M M. And at the end of it, like this one guy like breaks into tears because he's called and it's like, oh, you you like you pass, like you're a master sommelier, and he's like crying profusely because this has been like a like a 15 year journey since like like he was of drinking age. Mm -hmm. And I think he's in his like mid thirties or like his, his late thirties. And he gets a call like within like two days from like, yeah, I think it's like some, I, I think it's like 11, one Madison or it's, or it's like that nice restaurant. And it's like a two or three Michelin star restaurant in New York. And they're like, Hey, we'd like you to be our wine director. And the starting salary is like 270,000 a year. Uh, from what I see here, you're, that's right in, in terms of the direction of the film, but I, I, I don't know why. It says on ZipRecruiter, 
low end 30k, high end 110. That doesn't make any sense. So that's yeah. that's what it says. But hold do, on. Do oh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. I see yeah. right here. It says there's like first off, a median salary is 164k for that's for a master. For a master. Yeah, because there's that's the, fucking crazy. Do you know why? And why? you know why they, they literally they have no problem handing out that money because it's not only is it a status symbol, but it's like it's a credibility thing. The the court of master sommeliers. I think right now there's like literally 190 master sommeliers in the world. Wow. That's One, a very, that's 190. A very, that's a very small number. And I know this sounds crazy, but like, and I don't know if this is effect, this affects the credibility of the institution. And you can Google this. I think like a ton of them got kicked out and they got their master sommelier uh, titles stripped of them because they found like they, they were found cheating or they were found like it, buying off people. That's that seems like a legitimate reason. So now there's like <laughs> there's like fifty in the world. Oh, like there's, there's not even there's not even like a, a hundred. It's no. It's but think about it though. It's like it's like how hard is that exam? Because incredibly, you, you have to get it to the T. There's guys that are literally frank. Like it's for fun. Like there and there was a one scene where one guy said, "I quickly lost all of my friends, and I gained all of my new friends, and all of my new friends are." literally just going to get their either their advanced like their level three or their master sommelier certification i'm gonna be honest with you that, that first hit i just had was not that bad i'm gonna be honest with you frank as well with the wine i, I smelled it it, it, it and uh, i think you nice notes it yeah nice notes on it i think i may I, I can i can take care of that no no, no. I, I, I'm, gonna, just, I'm gonna knock oh you want to drink this no 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 i'm saying when you finish i can take care of that i got Oh no! Yeah, that's how it's too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish this, but yeah, the notes on it were actually pretty nice. Yeah, like the initial, it didn't have, it wasn't. I, I, you know, the first time I had it, it, it to me it was bitter, but you know what? It could have been a different temperature because my mom had it at a chilled, consistent degree temperature. My fridge, we're, 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 you, you know, how there's different levels and how it's different types of temperatures. I don't know. This one was just towards towards the bottom of the fridge. So, like, where you pull your milks and, and stuff. I I don't know. The, oh, in the, in the chiller, like right? Eh, but it's anyway. It's I, I don't know, but it's first taste wasn't that bad. But I want to, you know, your friend that's a level one. The average is fifty five, and that's that's a low. No, that's like in the middle as well of what out of college bachelor degree students make. Yeah, you I know, I think, and it's it's crazy. It's and I crazy think that most think about most servers that I know. Anyway, we're on like seventy five, eighty, whether they were Somalis or not. Still, just think awesome. about it, right? You now imagine like you putting your four years of school. Now you know you could be working as part time, you know. Sure. But like, basically, when you're in school, or Chelsea, my experience in school. And, and this was, and this was, um, th this quote was from my my buddy Derek. He, he was our president back in uh, 2000, I think 16 or 17. He said that four years of college is basically learning how to live broke for four years. It's, and, yeah. you know, when you put into that perspective, you know, that's what the factor that that you're on your own. You know, you're not you don't have you don't have your parents right there with you side by side. It's basically like. Your first year of kindergarten, when your parents have to give you up and you're crying because you don't want to leave, it's yeah. it's it's like that, but but with money. Well, here's the thing: I think you know? that a lot of people. This is one thing that I never understood, but I can't blame people for. A lot of people went out of state. 
a lot of people say like, oh, I love Iowa. I love Michigan. I love um, UCLA. Or I mean, anybody that's going to UCLA, but mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, that's a great school to get into. So I'm not knocking it. But here's the thing: like they would go to these amazing schools, uh, or, or not even amazing schools, but just these schools out of state, and the price tags that come with out of state tuition is ridiculous. Oh yeah. And you have to ask yourself, like, what is the what is the opportunity cost here? And if you step back and you look at it, and you're like, there's you know, like Michigan State University, Iowa, all these places. There could potentially be like forty, fifty thousand kids, if not more, that are mm-hmm. going to that school. You kind of do have to ask yourself, like, what's the percentage of them actually getting a job? Yeah, I'm sorry, but it's been proven that the actual percentage of people that, and, and not in their first year out of school, I'm talking about lifetime, like actually fall into a career in their fields after graduating college is 20%. That's, that's horrible. And like, I hear people, um, and I, I don't want to, it's not like a cliche thing, but, um, like you hear people like Elon Musk and, um, that say, you know, you don't need college, like uh, college just you know, it's a place to drink and it's a place to, you know, have a good time. Like you can learn everything on the internet. He's not fucking wrong. No, he's not. Like, he's not like, here's the thing. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. I learn a lot of cool things. I learned a lot of cool things from college. I learned a lot of cool things. I learned how to critically think. I learned a lot of useful stuff. Mm -hmm. I did. And that's, and for example, if you're going to go get your CPA, you're learning a lot of useful stuff. Mm -hmm. If you're going to become a lawyer, you're learning a lot of good stuff. Correct. You can't, so you can't apply that argument to everything. Like if you say, I want to be a lawyer, I want to be a doctor. Here's the thing. I don't want a doctor to have learned from YouTube. Obviously. Correct. Yeah. There's certain professional degrees that align with the aspect of college correct that's i i agree with that and i think that in like i think that um we need to adopt a more a more holistic approach to education when we see people that are struggling in school that are not grasping it instead of being like you need to keep up with all the smart kids we should say like hey what do you want to do yeah like hey do you like and and this, we can't we need to make it um first off i think grading standardized testing the traditional education system it all should be fucking thrown out mm-hmm uh, for anyone that's that may be listening or anyone that's interested, there's an amazing concept. And I, I, when I was at school, I, ironically, when I was in college, we learned about this. It's called the Summerhill School. Look that up. It's okay. fantastic. It, it's like an English school where if kids didn't want to like go to class, that's cool. Like You could just chill and you could like play outside and stuff. But they held like elections and they held like it was very democratic. And they said, okay, well... You know, if you don't want to participate in class, that's fine. But, like, you can't come back for another two classes. So, like, because you're, you know, you would disturb everybody. So it, it kind of, it prevented people from being like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to skip class. I'm going to go play. I'm going to go do, go do something. Mm-hmm. And it was a very holistic, interesting um, yeah, it says, way of doing education. You probably have more information. In front no, of you. no, yeah, it's um, the founder of, uh, of Summerhill. It was, it was uh, A.S. Neal. All crime, yeah. in the, and this is his quote: "All crimes, all hatreds, all wars can be reduced to unhappiness." It's very true. It's very true. And uh, yeah, and I think that even I, I may even it's ex- free. It's free. It's air, air marked as free schooling. Yeah, it is. And, and the idea is the children decide what their curriculum is. 
So he would consider like if like and he one a, a great part of his book was he acknowledged that a lot of the little boys would, you know, any age, but primarily people under the age of 10, you know, would like to, you know, construct you know, toy guns and they'd like to go yeah. out and they'd like to, you know, play guns. He thought that that was actually quite constructive because he thought that that was not to get all philosophical, but it kind of fits into what Frederick ne- or, uh, uh, Frederick Nietzsche said, not Frederick Nietzsche, um, the other, the other, uh, political philosopher who kind of described, um, like your, your id and your ego and your, so there's, there's ego, super ego and id and your id is basically like your natural self. So when you're a kid and you know, you run around naked and you just want to, you know, play and you want to throw stuff around, that's your natural kind of way of being. And he thought that, you know, by allowing kids to explore and to do what they, what they feel is most comfortable, they're deriving happiness. And naturally human beings, you know, they're so exploratory that when they're done playing, they'll naturally want to like go back into the classroom and maybe learn things. Yeah. And it was, it was such an interesting book because the book ended with like all of the stories of people that went to Summer Hill school and there were people that said, yeah, I'm a painter now. And they said, well, you know, are you happy with where you are? And he was like, yeah, why wouldn't I be like, I love to paint. And then there was another person that they interviewed and he was like the leader of a company and he started a company. He was like a CEO and they said, are you happy where you are? And he said, yeah, I love doing what I do. And he ran one of the most successful manufacturing companies in the United Kingdom at that time. And the the interesting part is they didn't measure their success by grades. They didn't measure their success by money. They measured their success by happiness, happiness, but more so. And I don't think like, cause I'm a big believer in happiness is, is fleeting. And I don't, I don't necessarily subscribe to chasing happiness, but it was purpose. So like the same guy, like the, the guy who ran a company was exactly as you could say happy, but you could also say he, he had just as much purpose as the guy who was painting homes. Mm-hmm. And the, the reason is like, instead of, you know, we get a lot of people and I don't mean to be, you know, dark when I say this, we get a lot of people in, in our culture, especially in America, but we're even, we're seeing it like in India a lot, like the climbing the climbing the corporate ladder you get people that are shoving a gun in their mouth at the age of 50 and they're blowing their brains out because they realize what is what is this all about mm-hmm. and it's i've never had an issue asking myself this question like like what is the purpose of life that's such a ridiculous question like the purpose of life is to do what we're doing right now it's to have great conversations it's to share drink with with one another it's to you know share in this human condition of of you know, conversation and storytelling and, and happiness and, yeah, and ambition. Organically to be happy. Though. Organically. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but I think that, you know, this is a, the Summerhill School was a great example of, you know, if we change our education system. So if we get away from like the college system, you know, and I, I'm, there's a lot of problems with the college education. Here's one big thing. Colleges can charge $50,000 a year because they know that when students take out loans, they're federally backed. Yeah. So like if you default on your loans, you know who's getting paid? The school. The school's getting paid. It doesn't matter if you default on your loans. They're getting paid. The federal government comes in and they pay them. So here's the thing. Like it's a ridiculous. That is a ridiculous. Uh, and it was such a poor piece of legislation that they came up with decades ago. And again, I'm, I'm not I'm not attacking them. They may have thought it was a good idea. But here's the thing. Do you want to know what my theory is behind it, though? Sure. My theory is, is that the reason why the, you know, the federal government can gave loans and there, there's a positive and there's a negative to this, of course. Okay. The positive is to take care of the people that can actually have an education. Sure. That's that's a given. But the negative besides of that is that it's profit to them. 
It's just a business model. Fucking A. I think they're fucking greedy about it. You Even hit though it on schools the get paid their exact amount, the school the, the school makes money. The school makes money, and the and the government makes money off of it. Well, so because you, their costs can be, you know, if we put just to one student, the average student probably maybe cost them fucking four thousand dollars a year, maybe. You know, and, and it's the same way how you know how shoes are made. Shoes don't cost anything, and the market price is fucking ridiculous. Sure. You know, and and that and that applies with a lot of other things. So, the same with you know how how the government provide these loans. Diamonds are worth nothing either. It really, yeah. Wow, that's a conspiracy theory that I love. By the way, that di- the, you know, like Tiffany and Company and all those places. Like back at back in the late. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. I mean, but in the, in in the in the early 1900s, if you watch like old shows, um, like I Love Lucy was a very popular one where, you know. If you watch that show and you ask people that watched it in real time when it actually aired, they were kind of like not confused by it, but it was a new concept of like getting on one, you know, getting on one knee and giving your your bride a diamond ring. Mm-hmm. Like it could have been any ring before that, but the diamond ring was like very popular. Here's the thing. There's this conspiracy and and I believe it that like there's a great abundance of diamonds. It's just that when they source out these diamonds, and by the way, when they're blood diamonds, that's a real thing. There's like a kid in Africa right now that's like, you know, smaller than your leg who's six years old and he's malnourished and he's held at gunpoint because he's working in the diamond mines and he's fishing out these buckets of diamonds and they get stored in giant deposits and only a certain amount of diamonds get released every year. It's to keep the demand extremely high and the supply extremely low because what does that do? raise the price that you can you can afford or you create the the you create a market condition where the prices go up so there was just an excess supply of diamond and that's why it's not worth anything no it's not that it's an incredible excess there is an excess i do truly believe that diamonds are there's an incredible surplus of diamonds out there like mm-hmm. they're just like any other like i i think that they're are they rare of course like if like diamonds are the strongest substance they're an amazing um I don't know if diamonds are no. They're not. Not that they're an amazing conductor of electricity, but they're extremely strong. And there's there's properties to diamonds. Like diamonds are used, if I'm not mistaken, in lasers and stuff. So they have it. Like they're a great elements. You know, they're a, they're a great resource. But the fact that they're put on ladies' fucking fingers and like men's rings and 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 earrings and and bracelets and it's and necklaces. It's ridiculous. They they came up with the idea and they pushed it through pop culture that, you know, you need to, like your social value is based on a ring. So like like for example, like if you were to get married, Frank, mm-hmm. or if you were to propose to your wife, what would you go and buy? Would you buy a diamond ring? That's that that's that, what you would do. Yeah, that's Why, exactly though? you're right. Why? Because because like that's anything, just traditional. That's how tradition. everybody else. That's so, how everybody else does it. Exactly. So people put it down to tradition, but when you think about it, like why do people do things? do anything it's because of tradition that comes before them but like we were talking about before when you talked about like you know like common sense and you know not believing history until you see it with your own eyes or being skeptical you got to be skeptical like I, I for example like my and i think that this is like a beautiful thing that i've i've heard other and it, you know it's, it's something that i will do you know i think that buying my you know buying my the woman that I love, like a gold ring or a, or a silver ring or whatever platinum ring is nice. Um, it won't break the bank because I will turn to her and I'll say, I want to travel the world for three months with you. I want to taste the best 
wine in Italy. I want to go to Australia. I want to go to Tokyo. I want to try amazing food, and I want to have these memories for a lifetime because that you can taste, that you can eat, that yeah. you can experience. That ring on your finger is making Tiffany and company extremely rich. Oh, yeah, 110%. And that is, the, not, that is not an indicator of love. The market up price is ridiculous. Well, that's the thing. It, like, but here's the thing. That's, that's it. There's not enough of it out there, and not a lot of people control it to where you can, you can actually verify, wait, why is this diamond ring from Tiffany and company worth $50,000? Right. Like, wait. Why, who told me that I, like, you, you ever hear that stupid rule? Like, oh yeah, they say you have to save three months of your salary for a ring. Yeah, that's. Well, who said that? No. Fucking Martha. I don't even know. Sorry if there's anyone that's named Martha. <laughs> but that's, yeah. you know, I'm just imagining. Fucking someone, Martha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, but I'm just thinking of that. Like, if you really think about it, why is that a thing? Oh, and I, just to go back to education, I don't want to go too far off what we we're talking about. That's another thing. Like, why is education 50 grand? It's because the like the market conditions made it that way. The federal government said, hey, schools, you know, you guys can, you know, charge your tuition and whatever the, you know, students will apply on FAFSA. They'll get the student loan and we're going to uh, we're going to we're going to back you basically like the FDIC does. We're going we're gonna to back the loan, and if they default, we'll, we'll pay it. So the, there, this is, you know what? I, I, I feel like I'm off track because I'm, I, everything that, yeah, everything that, that I just heard, what you said, yeah, um, everything that I heard, what, what you said, it was that, you know, um, Jesus Christ, I, I lost my fucking thought. Do you know how, how the loans have to be, you know, paid back and how, how the government, you know, really structures all that it's um it's very interesting how that's the way portrayed you know and uh and according to uh cnbc they say that you know the three-month rule stem from a marketing campaign came from De beers diamond company that was ran in the 1930s and they sold that the, the idea now this is done from the uh quote that says that true love and commitment can only be shown if a man spent a month's salary on his wife's ring. In 1988, the expectation grew to two months, and then later it was three months. So when you put it, so basically it was just a word of mouth. It was just someone portraying their own um, image of what, you know, how, you know, of what marriage should be like, how to propose to somebody. But that's not the way how you do it. This, it's, it's just... You know, every person has their own individual perspective of how their life should be ran. And it's just that everyone looks at images from movies. They looked at, you know, the image of what how their friends are explaining. And at, and at the end, it's, you know, they try to portray their own image to that because they're comparing themselves. And comparison is just a wrong type of, you know, way to look at life. You know, I, I, was, I, I was listening to a... Um, to a podcast, to a podcast on Joe Rogan, where the quote was, um, "Comparison is a thief of happiness." And isn't when you, that true? I th I think so. It is. I really think so. I agree with you. When you look at it like that, it's it's crazy. You know, it's just you don't you don't think that when you compare. I mean, this is just the general rule of trying to compare someone's life, you know, or just trying to figure out like how comparison works. But when you look at it. When you look at it, it's just, you're just saying that, you know, comparison is just a natural way of conversating. But who started that comparison? Where did that come from? 
So, you know, to me and to everybody, especially nowadays, that's that's all they do. And it's and it's derived by social media. And social media, there is its positives and negatives. And you know, you know what? Before I was a guy at first I was I was always pro social media because you know, back in college, that's the way how, you know, that's the way how you had to expose yourself. Now, you know, during during college, I saw it as a negative. Now, I'm slowly heading towards the middle because it does have its balance. It does. You know, when when you look at the positives, it's, you know, you're you're seeing things that you haven't seen before, you know, and, 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 it, and it just depends on... Yeah, you're, you're being exposed to like new ideas. Correct. And stuff. Correct. That's the positive. It's, it's, it's the ability to explore your mind and open it. The negatives about that is that, you know, there's there's people behind that. So when you look at the people, it's your peers or it's someone that that you're wasting your time on and exploring their own life. And then you're comparing yourself. And then that's where you fall into that mental state of depression, sadness and looking at every, every other way, every other way of your life in a negative aspect. And that's the reason why mental health as a subject has grown dramatically and it's just sickening. It really is because when you lived in in a type of life where it was all family, you know, your mom said, I don't give a fuck if your friend has this. I don't care if their parents have the best fucking cars in, <laughs> in the damn world or they have the nicest right. house. You got food on the table, you got a roof, you got clothes, you're going to school and you, and you have the ability to watch TV. It's like that... You know that is a main morale of, uh, you know, of life. It's that that's what creates value. But the fact that value is being portrayed as such a different way, and you know, especially that social media is considered a platform of how value of life should be, or or at oh, least yeah. trying to show what you know how it could be. It's, you know, and it it's the wrong way. And some people see it, and some people just don't care, and some people really think that that it's it's a good thing you know it's yeah so you bring up a lot of great points social media and i remember talking about it like when we were in grade school like people would say like remember like it's not good to do this on social media like people look at it like when you go when you're going for college when you're going to high school people look at what you say and it's like okay whatever you know and and, and people were like fucking it's like bullying each other and stuff like that like that was that's what it's just that was imp- that was important to think about back in in what 2010 2011 yeah because the internet had been around for not the internet but you know you had twitter that started in 07 youtube started you know obviously years before that mm-hmm. but you had facebook and and i i don't know when instagram actually became a thing was it 20 was it 2010 2011 that instagram became a thing i'm not sure i'm not sure but, but it's like anyway it's like, recent though i mean it, it well it's it's more recent than like twitter yeah correct i think but here here's the the thing is now it's grown to the point where a lot of these social media outlets and 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 you put it perfectly they've replaced the value system of the family in a way mm-hmm. where like when you so if i'm on social media uh, first off i'm constantly seeing what my friends are doing mm-hmm. which is great because i'm like oh my friend went to Barbados my friend went to this other place yeah then you get the pictures of oh they went to a nice restaurant they took a picture of their meal it looks fantastic whatever but then natural that like that human nature kind of takes over and there's two questions you have to ask yourself like well I'm not doing anything cool like I have to compensate I have to put something cool on my on my timeline and then another thing is why are you putting that thing in your timeline in the first place yeah exactly but why are you 
you're you're trying to have yourself at the top of a, of a comparison list. That's that's you that's know? it. You're yeah. You're seeking validation, and you brought up a great point where it's like like comparison is the thief of happiness. Constantly, when you're being reminded on social media, and it's gotten worse, by the way. Because do you remember? And, and I know it sounds it sounds like like ancient fucking history, but remember when they update the app every time they're getting you to like buy into a new feature. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the time when Instagram, like when your feed would run out? Yeah. Do you remember when Facebook, yeah. your feed would run out? Yeah. They yeah. would run. Now remember how like interesting it was. And I, I, I've thought about it like, you know, like how it would hit like, Oh, you're up to date. And then it would just end. That's right. That's right. That yep. doesn't exist anymore because no. they realize they're like, Oh wait, when people are done, where do they go? They go to Facebook. Where did they go? They go to Twitter. Oh, they go to Snapchat. And people were like, nope, we want to do away with that. So I think that not only are you, there's so many problems with, uh, with social media. First off, it's infiltrated every field. It's infiltrated. Like if, if, let's say you go to business, half your curriculum is learning how to be like marketing on social media. Mm -hmm. How do you leverage social media for your advancement for business? Um, Christ, like, Frank, that there's some industries like my father is in construction. I have an Instagram page for his, for his company. Oh yeah. Like, and, and the reason I do it is because in case anybody is on there, like there's builders, there's clients, there's people on there and they may see it. And, and the, the funny thing is like that, that's, that's fine. There's no problem to that. Um, but I, I think that crazy. Go ahead. It's crazy. Just got just got shown a ticker symbol, and I or I was just got shown a stock, and I, I didn't see the ticker symbol. What's the ticker? That's Costco. What was it at? No, no, it's not. It's not what was it on. Finish, and, and I'll just tell you what I just I'm saw. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, that's my fault. I brought it up because I couldn't believe it when I saw the news. But no, that's okay. Go I want to see ahead. it. I'm, I'm interested. Uh, I I think that for look. I think you brought up a great point. And I just want to reiterate them. Comparison is the thief of happiness. It's always been around. Correct. If you were a kid growing up in the 50s, guess what? There were things that kids had on your block that you didn't have. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you didn't have that, what's that Christmas movie? Like, oh, I want the I want the oh, BB gun. Whatever. No, like the it's like a it's like a 50s, 60s gun where the guys or a 50s, 60s Nerd Christmas gun. movie. No, he wants like a BB gun. And they're like, you're going to shoot your eye out. I can't think. I think it's a Christmas story or something like that. It's, I'm, I, to be honest, with you, I'm not good with movies. No, neither, and I'm I'm horrible at it. Like I'm I want to get a file alone, but it, I, don't, I feel like that doesn't even touch. No, no, no. This is like in the 50s, 60s. But the point is, comparison has always been there. Ego has always been there. Like you have something that I don't. I want it, or you know, you know, I I want what my neighbor has. I want what my friends have. You know, things like that. But now it's gotten worse to the point where it's every single part of our life. So now it's not like, oh, you know, you have a new car. That's great. Or, oh, wow, you have like this great house. That's awesome. Now it's you can't go out to the bar with your friends anymore without like snapping where you are or or putting it on your story. Here's the thing. I'm as guilty of it as anybody else is. I mean, we all are. I think we all are. But. I, like there's a lot of people that try to I th- like I, I think they try to say oh I do it just to keep like a 
uh, a timeline of my pictures. And that could be true. It like, could be. Yeah. For, no, for I example, mean, like I'm not the type of person to be like, oh, my, you know, like like from a business or from a marketing perspective, like, oh, my my timeline is not aesthetically pleasing. Like, I'm not trying to fucking sell a product. No, exactly. I'm just trying to put like I'm just trying to, pe- you know, put pictures out there. You know, my friends will like it if they don't. I don't give a fuck. It's not even that, you know, maybe you're just doing it so then you have something to look back on. Exactly. It's, you know? it's almost there, you know what it is. That's a that's the plus to it, Frank. Where it's there, like there is a plus. Yeah. It's like a digital scrapbook, and it's very like you can keep things there. Uh, it's the same reason, like why people say, like, oh, what's the pro of Facebook? It's like, oh, you can keep in contact with like you know your friends and everything, and that's true. Like Facebook, especially for people, and I don't know if you fall in this category, Frank, but like, like I get I get to talk to people that are, you know, thousands of miles away that are my family. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know now it's like, you know, you've WhatsApp and you have so many things where like you can communicate anyway. There's so many channels of communication, but ultimately Facebook was kind of that first thing that made it very easy, you know? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it, it, it established a communicate, like it, it, it opened doors for communication, not just to Americans, but to to the world. Sure. You know, so it's like now, you, you know, before how you could call people from like country to country. You had to have, you had to buy a card the to pay, get the, minutes. The prepaid card. You had, you had to get minutes just to I talk know. to them. And my, you know? and my mom would have to do that. She'd be like, oh, I need, I need to buy credits to call Ireland. Yeah. Because and I was like, that's wild. It, I, I mean, I don't know if it still applies. I don't know if you still have to pay minutes to call people from, I'm, to a different country. I'm sure that I'm sure know. that people take advantage of it, like old people do it and stuff. Oh, but like, of course. Like, but if you wanted to call someone in Italy, what are you doing right now? You're getting on WhatsApp. WhatsApp, yeah. yeah that's what you know, 110%. Like, sure. Yeah, because, be, 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 you know, at, the thing is, when you find a way to make something free for everyone, it's that's how you make your money. It, it, it just is because, it, you know, it, it's, yeah. maybe it's not just free, but just convenience. Convenience is, is the way how businesses win. And that's, it, it's very obvious, I know, but. But what replaces that? What replaces that? So if you, like, Facebook is free. WhatsApp is free. WhatsApp, I get it. It's your information, your it's data, encrypted everything. and all that. Exactly. So, like, while yes, it's it's good in one sense, they're creating a whole different market, and they maybe they're democratizing it. Mm-hmm. But like, for example, what are what are Instagram influencers? Look, bro, just look, bro. Just be honest pushing, with me. Think of think it's, of, ju- it's just pushing products. It's just pushing products. Like, think of ten or fifteen, and and you know this, fucking ten or fifteen Instagram models that you follow on Instagram right now. Be honest with yourself. Here's the thing. How often are they putting a post out that's like, yeah, I'm just chilling? Rarely. Rarely. Sometimes. But mostly it's like, I love this product. Yeah. Follow the link to get 10% off. Follow my page or come look at this or new post or whatever. Exactly. Now, here's the thing. What would they be doing had Instagram, Facebook, all the social media? How, how, what would they have been doing if if that didn't come in? Newspaper. Well, no, but they may have been like that girl that has like 400,000 followers that's selling like subscriptions or whatever to like, you know. Let, she, Only fans. Well, no, well that that's a whole di- yeah that that's a whole different thing. And a I'm look again I'm if you're making money and you're not hurting anybody, and and people want to buy your product, that's fine. God good bless. for you. Yeah, yeah I'm, you'll never hear me bashing it. Um, but and I'm not bashing any of this. But what I'm saying is it's it's a whole different. It, it's changing the marketplace completely. That's that could be considered a pro. But here's here's another thing. Um, or just to really quick address, like what would those Instagram models be doing had it not been for Instagram? Right now, I, who knows? They, they probably wouldn't have a job. Yeah. They, well, it, not even that. They'd probably just be like, well, I'm I'm an I'm a pharmacy tech. I'm a, an accountant. I'm a lawyer. I'm a uh, I'm a bus driver. I'm I, I'm a I'm a grocery store clerk. It's just Whatever a variable. It is, it, it's just that's it. Yeah. So it's so interesting that people are 
like in in many ways like for example right now if we spent the next seven days if we if we hid away from society and if you and i like mashed heads or even if we didn't if it was just you and i separately if i spoke to you this time next week and said you know hey what have you been up to you can literally turn to me and say oh i uh i i started a drop shipping business mm-hmm. or i started a i started an e-commerce business mm-hmm and I'd be like, oh, wow, that's crazy. You'd be like, yeah, a couple hundred bucks for the website, for the domain, a couple hundred bucks for the product that I bought off, you know, Amazon Alibaba or, 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 yeah, Amazon. Like, what's trendy now is that I'm seeing all the time, like, people, uh, they're, like, doing Amazon merch, and they're, like, mm-hmm. literally making T-shirt designs and just selling the T-shirt. They're selling the design to a T-shirt manufacturer, and then that T-shirt manufacturer screen prints their design, mm-hmm. and then they sell it to random people. And you could be making, like, tons of money from like sitting in your house and it's like you don't see the shirt you don't see the printing you don't even see the box you don't even mail the package but you're making money what an incredibly strange world we live in but here's the thing like is that a good thing or a bad thing i would consider that that's one of i would consider that a pro yeah because you want because you want to wait it's it's innovation yeah that's that's what it is it's it's you know you know what it's like a lot of people are shifting away from manual labor because of the physical potential issues that it could, it could cause to a human body. You know, yeah. me- mentally, it, it's, a, it's like you can get beat up. Like, like for me, you know, I merchandise stores twice a week. But on Thursdays, you know, when I do them, it's, it beats me up. Like, like yesterday, every store that I went to, like I, I went to, uh, I went to four stores yesterday. I, sure. usually, I usually go to six, but that's, but that's every other week. But yesterday, I was, I was at each store for two hours. But what I learned from all, but what I learned from all those stores is that I didn't have much product available. So that's why all the boxes were going through. There was a lot of filling, but not a lot of leftover inventory. So now I now I learned that I just I just have to keep an overstock because you know I haven't I haven't been in the grocery business since I was fucking in high school. So it's so it's like I, I understand why grocery stores have overstock. I do. So that's why I have to do. Frank Lombardo, you're you're the you're the jack of all trades, my man. I get you're it all over the place. You know? I love it. But just just with that saying, like you know, in terms of manual labor, it's like I'm fucking beat up. Sure. I I, I mean, it's you know, back then, you know, people would say it's like you know, when I was 23, I did this, 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 and that. Back then, I feel like you know, the structure of bones, the structure of the human body was more dense. Was, <laughs> was more no, honestly, like like was more, you know, it was it was very strong. There wasn't really a lot of like, uh, I I don't know what what. I can't think of the exact word to put it, but let, I, I think let's, just, people, let's just say like fragile. It wasn't fragile. Okay. Now the human body is fragile. Sure. People are are having numerous diets, numerous ways of trying to take care of their body, and you know it's just no no, no matter what happens, your your any part of your body is is fragile than it was back then. Well, I think that that's and again that's a part of the culture where, you know, maybe in the 1930s in America it was, you know. And, and again, I, I don't know. Like I know that there were restaurants in the 1930s, but I think maybe eating out to dinner in the 1930s was was a treat. And besides, maybe like for example, 1930s, I would think diners were popular. You know, like you yeah. grab a cup of coffee, grab a couple eggs. Like it was very simple, like just a quick diner, like that old fashioned diner. Mm-hmm. And then you may have had like steakhouses, and you may have had like you would have a very few like cultural restaurants. Mm-hmm. That's just what was pop- like you'd have supper clubs and things like that. Like it was a novelty to like eat out of your house. But 
you know, if you were a kid growing up in the 1930s, even up until the 1950s, like anywhere, like it was commonplace, not commonplace, but usual to go home and like, you know, it's a home cooked meal. That was Mm -hmm. it. There would never be like a, oh yeah, I'm just going to go grab Chipotle or I'm going to go grab Starbucks. Like the fact that like we've, as a culture, as even worldly, the world is getting a lot smaller with the innovation uh, for food. For food and for, well, for a lot of things, but for food, the, the example I'm using, I, it's incredible that, that the I, home, sorry, I don't mean that the home is considered the last option. It really is. In many respects. Because really when you think about it now, like, and it's weird because it's making so many transitions. Like when you think about it, like, okay, you know, 1950s, what happens? Like, and again, I'm, my dates are all over the place, but like ice cream parlors become more prevalent different concepts of restaurant become more more uh, pre- prevalent. I know that, you know, especially in the ni- in the late 1960s, the big thing that was popular was the Howard Johnson Hotel where they had like it was like always positioned near like a popular exit ramp on on a on a, on a you know, like on on a popular highway and they always had a pool and they always had a restaurant attached to it. Mm-hmm. And people were like, "Oh my god, a Howard Johnson is like it's a destination all in itself." Where it's like a mini destination to where you want to go. So if you're going like from New York to Chicago, oh, well, let's let's stop off on the you know the Howard Johnson in in Pittsburgh, you know, right outside of Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Like in the 1960s, and that became very. Are you bringing it up? Like the, the I orange? am. Yeah, no, like no, the no I am. Because there's, there's one. There, there's one in in uh. Well, this was in Elgin. Yeah. Now again, Howard Johnson to this like right now. If you were to go to a Howard Johnson right now, it's by. Windham now. That's what that who owns the uh, Howard yeah. Johnsons. Oh, do they? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it, but what I'm saying, it's like it's a regular hotel. Yeah. Like it's, exa- it's like exactly. Sta- it's like staying at like maybe it's like a little better than a Best Western or, it, it, but it's like a random hotel. But and they're in the hotel business. But again, the Howard Johnson that was like Americans were like, wow, that's that's incredible. Yeah, that yeah. whole concept didn't exist. Do you know why it didn't exist? Why? Because we didn't have fucking interstates until Eisenhower was president. The interstate system was was thrown up and it was built. Do you know the interstate system exists in, in America? For because, no, mil- I, I don't know why it, it, that it's like that. Military readiness. So Eisenhower decided. Eisenhower wanted a national highway system that was federalized. So states states had highways, and you know states did a good job of connecting them and stuff. Like you know you mm-hmm. had Route sixty six and stuff like that that stretched all over the place. But he wanted a national highway system that would connect major cities, coasts. Um, military installations and would even stretch into more uh, more rural states, you know, like Montana, like in the Great Plains, Montana, Wyoming, things like that. He wanted it so that troops, uh, tanks, uh, any type of military equipment could be quickly moved across the United States on a federalized highway system that was reliable. So he didn't, for example, like he didn't want to say, okay, well, we need to get, you know, from A to B, we need to get, you know, 20 dozen tanks well if you're if you're bringing them from a military installation in west virginia and you're bringing them to like alabama because if we're getting attacked you have to go through country roads and everything he thought it was the most ridiculous thing he didn't realize that it was going to boost commerce so much i don't think um but it's crazy how that evolved to that but how many exactly how many markets have been have been created because of that like how many more automobile companies came out of that like how many automobile companies said wow there's an interstate system right now like Chevy, Ford, all of Chrysler, those Chrysler, Chrysler, Audi, whatever you name it. All of those, well, all of those American companies primarily that were like, oh, now it makes sense for us to hire forty thousand more people 
and produce an extra 100,000 cars because there's a federal highway system that makes it like it's not that it's there's a demand for there is a demand for it there's highways all over the place there's roads if you build it you're going to need something to do it yeah. And then you had the Howard Johnsons. Then you had gas stations. Then you had rest stops. Now you have what oasises. Comes, now you have oasises. Who? What goes into the oasises? Ice cream shops, pizza places, all of these things. Gas stations. Gas station. Now what happens with gas stations? Now you have BP that comes over to the United States. Again, everything I'm saying is just. It's more like a. I'm, I'm painting a picture. I'm not like. I'm not it, saying it's. It, it comes in. It just. It fits. Right, it fits the picture. But yeah, and, and new new markets occur. So new markets happen. So now when we say like, oh, it's it's crazy that you can be like you can be a, a decently attractive uh, man or woman and you can be like selling athletic products on Instagram or you can be a super funny guy and you could be making like skits on Instagram and TikTok and you could like be selling merch. And people are like, if you ask someone from the 1950s and 60s, they'd be scratching their head like, what is this? Right. But again, and it's similar, like, do you think Sears Roebuck, who literally owned all of merchandise mart in chicago do you think that they would have I, I think at one point they owned all of it the biggest like mail order catalog company in the country do you think that they predicted amazon no because they didn't get ahead of it like sears is so sad like when you think about sears like they had giant big big giant anchor stores they were so dull looking and they were selling a ton of product they never bothered with their online presence they never bothered with e-commerce. They never bothered with things like that. Yeah, but, you know, who would have thought of that? Exactly. No, but the, the point that I'm trying to make is, like, it, I'm not saying, like, oh, Sears are idiots. No, no they were giants for their time. But they, it's like going back to what you said. It's innovation. Like, people say capitalism. I think capitalism should be replaced with innovation. Correct. I, I, I am with you 110% because Jeff Bezos is not, is not a bad guy. He did no, some. I don't think so. He he took he took a model sears that's he literally he, he took sears and he said how can i make it easier for people to access all these resources how can i how can i help that sure and and with that question coming into long with all these different solutions that takes time that takes capital it takes money it's like the man had to go through so much money of his own Oh, for yeah. you know, and that's that's how I was like. That's what people don't understand. They they think this guy's a they they think this guy's a greedy prick, but he's he's not. Because I think that people people didn't see the, like, the documentary of it's a lot of jealousy. Yeah. but they see that they don't see the documentary of Jeff Jeff Bezos in 1998 when he's getting interviewed. I think it's by like 60 Minutes. The guy's driving like a 1998 Honda, but you have to like adjust your attitude. You have to say like, oh well, this was this was filmed in 1998 so it's 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 a it's a relevant car mm -hmm. but he was like it'd be like him driving like a 2020 toyota camry right now today mm -hmm. and he was driving it and the interviewer was like why are you driving this car like you're worth like i i think he i and i don't know probably the, like I, a couple million i think he was worth like three million in okay. 1998 and jeff bezos says this is a perfectly practical car it does everything i need to when i want like when i need it to do it yeah and it was like wow what a refreshing attitude then he like goes into his office where he is like amazon spray painted on like a banner and he's grinding it out and his whole his whole idea of like what like what a creative mind and i think some of the best minds in the
you can get something shipped to you. There's some things you can get shipped to you because we live in Chicago. You can get things that literally arrive at your door within two and a half hours. Yeah. Like that's been like, if you order like things that are super popular, you can get things that are like, they literally bring it from the facility downtown and it takes like three hours to get there. Yeah. Cause they use like, they basically have their own Uber system where they have like drivers for hire drivers, like on demand. So it's pretty crazy. So you can't knock them for that. But yeah, people bash him because, Oh, he's worth like fucking hundreds of billions. Okay. Well he made the world such a fucking crazier place in a good, in a good way. Mm-hmm. So maybe he fucking deserves some money. Maybe go make your own yeah, billions exactly. dollars. It's, like it, come up with your own great idea. I don't know. It was all it was, it was all hard work. So yeah, exactly. You know, but uh, but, but uh, Mike, man, thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for coming in, my man. How you doing? Good, man. I'm doing good. So you want some? Uh, you 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 want any drink? You, you want water or anything? Give me a bottle of water. Yeah. yeah. All right, all right, cool. So yeah, uh, all yeah, right. So, you guys dive back in. I'm gonna go with my jacket. <laughs> I, got, I got Jackie here, man. Are you sure? Okay. Yeah. Okay. For, for all that's curious, that we're still in that rainy garage in fucking Norwich. <laughs> it's yeah, it's fucking, fucking freezing. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's fucking cold out here. I will get space here, but uh, no, it's great. I love the the authenticity of doing it. Yeah, no, <laughs> I and, love it. And I'm real surprised I'm going through through this fucking wine bottle. Man, you're killing it. Yeah, no, I like the wine. So here's the thing. Going back to the wine, real quick. Like I said, great first impression like on the nose and i'm not being a snob when i say this like people smell wine they're like oh i like that or i don't like that Mm -hmm. when you taste it it's got a little bit of bite to it like you can tell like it's like a i don't know if alcohol was added to kind of help it i'm not sure i don't know but overall it's not a bad table wine like if someone told me like hey my aunt made this i'd be like that's pretty good yeah exactly like if i got this at a restaurant i'd i don't think i'd be too thrilled well, yeah, because I, I mean, restaurant is not, it's all branded. Of so. course. Yeah. But you, you know, when I, when I worked at Trulux, it was all, it was, it, every, everything about wine was crazy. Sure. The, the wine menu was, was two pages long and we're, and, and the, and the font size had to be at least size 12. So when, when you look at it from sure. that, from that size, it's, it's massive. Oh yeah. Massive amount of wine. That's the thing. Like most steakhouses, like they, they hedge their reputation on their wine list. Can you imagine going to a steakhouse and being like, oh, like, what's on your wine list? Oh, we have, like, six reds and six whites. That's yeah. fucking pitiful. Like, you sell steak. The best thing to have is, the best thing to have is wine. And you need to have, like, a ton of, a ton of different varieties. Yeah. No, it's, uh, no, I, you're right. Because the, the offer of selection of wine that comes in at restaurants, it's like, you got, I'm, I mean, now, I'm not going to go into it because I, I don't know, I don't know too much of it, but. All I know is that, you, you, you know, between the, the red and the whites, you, you, you know, the red, that, as far as I know, because that's all I drink is, is red wine. Sure. But you got, you got your, your, your Cabernet, your Pinot Noir, and uh, honestly, I think I, that, that's all. Oh, and your Merlots. Yeah, well, I but mean, that's, you've, you've, that's all I know. But it's like, I, the, the only wine that I look for, and I know this sounds stupid, but the only wine that I look for is, is wine that I see that comes from Italy. That comes from California, maybe Oregon, but it's like, I don't go towards that. I don't go towards California. Oregon. I just go straight from Italy because I know, or not that I know, my assumption is that Italians make the best wine because right. of, of how it was structured back, you know, in, in their, in their own system. And, you know, it's just every time I've had Italian wine, it's, it's good. I've had some pretty crappy Italian wine. I will tell sure. you that, sure. but, but that's. But you know some companies are just made to be low end, and you know, and sometimes you you know you you know not to touch those wines. But right. you know, I've had some really good high end Italian wine, and it's it's 
It's really good. I, yeah. I mean, not that French wine is bad, not that any, any other country wine is bad. It's just that, you know, we all have our preferences, but that's why I go for it. I think that I think that I may be outnumbered. Mike, I think you may be Italian too. Um, Italians make the best wine. Well, see, that's <laughs> the thing. I think I'm outnumbered, but I think like, <laughs> I don't mean to be a dick, but I think that anyone outside of like the Italian community would be like, oh no, the French make like fucking outstanding wine that fucking kicks ass. But I don't know. I remember taking a wine class for like where we actually had like a an instructor, uh, and he said he said you got to be careful with Italians. They're they're very defensive of their product. They have a great product, Sangiovese and Chianti wine. It's fantastic, but you know if you get a DRC nineteen eighty six that's going for you know two hundred fifty grams a bottle, it's something. It's got to be it's got to be something. But again, I'm not a wine snob, so I wouldn't I wouldn't know. No, I I mean for me I no I mean. <laughs> I got no response. If I don't survive this podcast, just realize it was because two Dagos took me out because I insulted <laughs> fucking wine. Yeah. <laughs> for for me, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's just that to me, wine is wine, but it's just like I got my preference, and that's you know that, that's how I go with you know. But you, you know, to me, a perfect night when it comes with wine, it's like you're out somewhere or you're cooking a very nice meal. To me, wine is part of the course. You know, I, I don't, I, I haven't had wine as an appetite. Aperitif. Aperitif. Yeah. I, I, I legit thought I, I had that right. As an aperitif or, you know, that, that's pretty much it. I just don't see it as an aperitif. I see it's here with the course or before the course. Sure. I don't see it as after the course. The only time I see it as after the course is if the meal wasn't heavy. If the meal wasn't heavy, then wine will You'd come. afterwards. Yeah, of course. Do you that have- would be my aperitif. It's, it's, it's just the moderation of the meal. If the meal's too much... Um, you you know you're stuffed. It's just like going like to a holiday party. You're gonna stuff your fucking face, but then like you're not gonna drink as much because you stuff because you stuff so much food in your face. Sure. So that's why, you know, for me the perfect night is you have to have a modernized meal, with some wine with it, you, and and with just wine all around. It's got to all go together, right? Yeah. yeah. I think that French people. That that's one thing. I think italian people love their wine and their food together as like a marriage i think that other people are cool like with just drinking wine by itself yeah no and there's nothing wrong with that either right you know and i could be wrong i could be i'm just i could be completely wrong how how uh mike how, how do you go you know in, in terms of uh of wine do you go just by itself or do you mix it with the meal as well mm, i mean I, I don't know i don't i don't pay attention to necessarily pairing wine with the meal i don't it's just more of a flow first of all i don't like white like well i, I don't care for white i would drink it mm-hmm. right like right. if the night's going that way like, sure yeah we're getting drunk like oh it's only a bottle of white left i'll drink it but oh, yeah. i don't care for it in a connoisseur type fashion mm-hmm. right so i'm only red which takes out like the entire idea of pairing with the white meats or the fish with the white wines right so mm-hmm. You, you compare some, just to cut in, you compare some fantastic reds with, like, chicken and everything, though. Because you're actually... But... You, you know, you're, but you're right, though. White wine is actually, like for, like, for food, they say, like, white wine pairs with such little food compared to red wine. So you're, drink, you're drinking the best stuff. And I also, as far don't, as like, I also yeah. don't prefer to drink while I eat. Yeah, I'm the same way. I like to drink before I eat. I like to drink after I eat, but I can't really wash down food with wine. Like, I would if I had to, but uh, I don't think that anyone really likes to. I think it's more of a societal I kind of agree with you. Right? Yeah. I think mm-hmm. I think you're right. No, yeah. I, 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 First of all, red wine's never supposed to be cold, so it's already, like, warm. Oh, oh this is cold. 
Yeah, yeah. You, you really chilled that shit. Well, you chilled. I mean, I, I mean, I just threw in the first because she because she. <laughs> well, like, would, if you were at a like, restaurant, yeah, if you were at a restaurant and someone or you know got red wine, and it was cold. They'd kind of like look at you like, "What the fuck are you doing?" They're, you know right. what I'm saying? So yeah. Well, at the that, restaurant, there is a certain like a, temperature that they have it as. You know. Okay, I believe that. I, I mean, but like, it's that's, you know what it is? That's it's, not the general way though. It's just, just right? below room temperature. Correct. Because yeah. I think what like you're saying, like it's it's. It shouldn't come cold. Like, if you can physically grab it and it's, like, cold, you're, like, you fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I agree. You know, but this is, yeah, this is just out of the fridge. And that, that's why I feel like the taste is a little different because when I first had this, my mom had it at, like, a chill, like, type of temperature where the restaurants would do it. And it tasted bitter. And it wasn't, it was, it, it was much stronger. But now when I taste it, it tastes smooth. It tastes a little smoother. So you- and... You know, now it's like it's not bitter, so you know why that is. It it has to be the, the temperature. Yeah, it is the temperature. So when you like, for example, they say like the best way to serve whiskey to really get the flavor is uh is actually not warm it up, but to serve it at room temperature. But like, if you put whiskey on rocks, you know there's a flavor difference. Like people say, like oh, I want to put a couple ice cubes in this. It's because naturally, like we're like I want to change this flavor. I want to change this profile. But you know what's interesting? Like there's I did take, I think I said this before, there's some pretty cool pairings that like, you know, first off, I agree. I don't naturally, like when I make myself dinner, I'm not like, oh, let me grab like a, let me grab a bottle of wine so I can pair it with this. I, that, I don't think the average person kind of does that on the regular, but there's some weird pairings. Like if you get Garrett's popcorn, famously like Garrett's popcorn, like pairs with like an oaky Chardonnay. And it's weird because, and I tried this before, like we got this uh, during the wine class, we had Garrett's popcorn and we had chardonnay and when you eat them together like when you drink the chardonnay and you have the popcorn it's almost like they begin to taste the same like it's like they they kind of combine and it's like this weird fucking thing where you're like whoa and then i I went to a really nice restaurant for my 21st my cousins brought me in ireland it was it was a two michelin star restaurant and we got the whole fucking sommelier and everything like the whole nine yards was pretty crazy and this guy he comes over and he says oh i recommend this wine with this food and I was having like a veal cheek, which was like, I've never had this before in my life. And I had like a, you know, the, the bottle of wine. And I kid you not, like the, the veal was amazing and the wine was amazing. But when you... Uh, Real quick, that's a spliff. Um, just in case... This is a spliff. Against, against it's, the man. Yeah, it's, against, like, it's like half tobacco. Or, oh, or, you know what? I'm okay. Yeah, okay. I'm good. Okay. Oh, thank no, you. No, I no, no worries. Okay. I'm good. Thank you, though. No, but, don't, but, don't but, feel. No, no, no. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. Go, go, go ahead. Because I, mean, I know some people are like never smoking, which I'm cool with. No, I'm, I just wanted to warn you. No, I'm good. I'm, I'm good in general, though. I was just, I was, I was, oh, I, I was, I was going to be agreeable, but I was like, no, you know what? I'm, I'm all right. I appreciate oh, yeah, no, it. That's fine. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, though. I didn't Thank want you. to interrupt. But I was, no, you. Because <laughs> you know, some people are. Big of course, on that, of course. So no, that's like, right. I would think. No, yeah, right. I think. I should have said something. That's my. I apologize. Well, I was going to say something, but I didn't want to interrupt your. No, you're good. You know what's funny? I think it's, it's funny you say that. It's like the tables have turned completely because now people are more like you said. People are more like, oh, tobacco. I don't yeah. want to. Now it's like, oh, hey, that's fine. Because society's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think it's good. I mean, it's fine. No, now, I, mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. If you don't want to smoke cigarettes, I get it. But people will say that they're against cigarettes after fucking slamming rails of Molly the night before and be, you know, you know what I'm saying? And I that have, is yeah, stupid. for sure. 
Did you ever see like that? Uh, it's a college humor skit where it's like, I treat my body like a temple. Yeah. And like the day before, like she's like, what did you have before? It's like, oh, yeah, I did like three lines of Coke when I was out at the club and I did like a bottle of tequila. But yeah, I'm having like a matcha or I'm having like a, what do they call those fruit bowls? Like I'm having an acai bowl. It's like, yeah, I, I don't know. put any, I don't need any carbs. And it's like, yeah, okay, Stacy, but you do like three lines of Coke. Just, yeah, hey, 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 <laughs> just, just shut the fuck on up that. and just get the fuck out of here. On that, on that, on that. I forgot what the comedian's name was, but he was telling like a story about how like when you go out to eat, in LA with like the Hollywood type, how they'll be like, oh yeah, I you know, I'm super healthy, blah blah. They'll order this like very healthy thing, and then they'll be like, <laughs> they'll be like, <laughs> they'll be like, be right back. <laughs> we'll go to the bathroom and do fucking lines of cooking. <laughs> he's like, he's like, then they'll come back to the table. They're fucking, their jaws fucking moving and shit. Cause I guess when you do a lot of coke, like. You're moving your Oh, yeah. No, you can't. Cause yeah, they rub like... Did you ever see like in a Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah. And that's the sensation. Like, apparently you get the coke and you're like rubbing it on your gums. Yeah. It's like euphoric. It's numb. Because you can't it's feel... A, it's, it's, it's a, a numbing a numb feeling. That's yeah, it. exactly. When I, was, when I was at the fraternity house and I saw the first time one of my boys doing coke, it was, it was a fucking crazy experience for him. Sure. Sad. He, I looked at him and like... It, 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 it's big. You, you want to look at this too? It's like, you know... Oh, fuck me. Yeah, I dropped the box in. But anyways, it's like you you can see his eyes are like he popped in the Adderall. But yeah. then his energy is just fucking through the roof. For and sure. And it's crazy. It's like it's a matter of of a snap. It's, yeah. it's, it's I don't know, man. It's, it's, you know what? It's like I know a lot of people who are against it because it can create addiction. It really can. It, it can be oh, a yeah. very yeah. serious thing. But What? Coke. Oh, oh, yeah. I don't think it's like a matter of, oh, yeah, I think people can form an addiction. Yeah, I think people definitely can form an addiction yeah. off Coke. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. You can get fucking addicted to anything, right? That's fucking true. Yeah. What's the difference between a drug dealer and a fucking pharmacist? The pharmacist is wearing a fucking white lab coat. You know, like at the end of the day. Fuck yeah. No, that's so, true. I think you, can, you should be able to, you should do whatever the fuck you want to do. But fucking everything a. else I like that too. Like if you're doing well And on the weekends You love to fucking Ride the slopes That's okay Right? Yeah I mean th- th- like, There's nothing wrong Wait I'm sorry Is ride the slopes A euphemism for yeah, Doing like, coke? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like Are you skiing And fucking boulder yeah, Or are you doing yeah. coke? <laughs> no you know what I'm saying though Like If You know If you're not doing shit And You know You, you're, you know You're against drugs or like, you know, when you're fucking fucking off with everything else, you're out of shape, whatever. And then you have the audacity to judge somebody that does coke who's doing big things. Like, oh, look, they're addicted. You know, they're doing yeah, coke. Like, no, if it's a problem, it's a problem. Different story. Exactly. But if it's not a problem, I think people should do whatever the fuck they want. Exactly. No, everybody's yeah. different, too. Everybody's different. Some people can do that shit and be fine. Some people can't. I'm not necessarily saying everybody should risk that possibility. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is if somebody has a, a routine of, you know, doing well and then they like to fuck around and do crazy shit, whatever mm-hmm. that might be, all the better. Like, do what you got to yeah. do. Yeah. No, that, that's, pretty, that's true. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go, I, back, I, go back to what we were talking about with the, with the French wine. Wait, hold on. Before, 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 do you remember the news that I showed you on my phone or trying to do it? So, oh, yeah. So, I want to I, I, so I, I know we kind of cut off track, but Mike. I got I got a notification from Robinhood, Costco. So do you remember Costco how they were supposed to give a special dividend to all their 
investors and whatnot. I, I I heard about that. Yeah, bro, they gave a special dividend. Please, come on, what is the? Dividend? I'm not joking. They gave me ten dollars a share as a dividend. Fucking ten dollars a share. How many shares do you have? Oh, I mean, I, I mean, no, but I mean, it's not but enough. Still, but, but still, it's, it's fucking crazy. Can you imagine getting ten dollars a share every three months? You know what fucking sucks? No, I can't. Wait, hold on. It's ten dollars every three. Ten dollars a share for dividends. This is their new dividend, or are they just doing a one-time dividend? It has to be a special one because I never yeah, seen a, a dividend even near that. Because you know, if, if that's a special dividend, by all means, if they want this to be a consistent. Dividend. Well, here's the thing, Frank. If they're giving out ten dollars dividends, I'm gonna fucking liquidate my entire portfolio, and I'm just gonna buy fucking Costco. If this well, is a yeah, new thing, it, it makes it makes sense. See, the the thing is too, it's like Costco knew. It's a fucking wild range on this podcast. You're just going all over the fucking place. For those unaware of the term dividend. (laughs) So basically what, for for people who don't know what a dividend is, a dividend is that it's a... The U.S. school system has failed you. Oh, 110% if you don't know what a dividend is. Fucking A, brother. It doesn't matter. Fuck it. It's failed all of us. You don't know what a dividend is. Your fucking school system has fucking failed. <laughs> a dividend is when you invest in a company and then every three months they they pay you as a, as a return of your investment in, it, in a sense and it, it's like it's like a quarterly reward that they do it for it, it incentivizes almost like a loyalty so you don't exactly. so you don't hop off the stock and you don't treat it like a like you know you you ride the highs and you get off on the lows like that type of thing yeah, it's, right? not, it's, it's not a one-night stand type of thing. No. But what sucks, though, during COVID is, and Frank, how many, I'm just curious, and I guess we can hop off this then, not that interesting. Oh, no, I mean, go ahead. But what are your, um, like, I've got a lot of stocks right now that I've good dividend yields, mm-hmm. but then when I get my dividend, I realize they're, ta- they're paying like 10 cents a share. Well, yeah, because COVID. that, but yeah, and, and, and it's, I don't think it's because of COVID. I think it's just the value of the share, because the value of the share determines the dividend price. You know, so it's like if if your dividend yield is fifteen point six percent, but your shares only worth ten dollars a fucking share, fifteen percent that's just fifteen cents. No, but what you I know mean what I'm saying for like, it's just for MG. Like I have MGM and I have um, I, I have quite a few shares of MGM. What's their dividend yield? Well, they're I, if I'm not mistaken, their dividend yields. I can. I'm I can, gonna, no. I can I'll look, look it up right up. now. I have I, it right I'll here. look at the but. But I can tell but, you right now, they they suspended their regular dividends. And so did a lot of companies. They suspended it. So they'll, they'll be like, okay, well, instead of getting, like, let's say your regular dividend is going to be like, you know, they, when they add everything up, like, oh, okay, we'll give you, we're going to give you like 20 bucks back every, every month because mm-hmm. you own a certain amount of shares. Now they're just giving me, they're literally giving me like two pennies a share. Yeah, their dividend yield is, uh, is uh, 0.95. So yeah, so it's 0.95. So like quick math, like if it's 0.95 per share and right now they're 30 bucks. I mean, you would just have to. So I, mean, I, I mean, what you're, you're probably no, because if it's point nine five, you got to divide that by a hundred. And then what is it like? You said it was like thirty dollars a share. Yeah, so it's yeah, two, so it's two eighty five. I, I mean, you you probably should get like twenty nine cents. Right, probably less. I, I, I mean, but that's I'm, that's what I'm just thinking. But I have like a hundred and fifty shares of that stock. Holy shit! So and, then I mean, but you know what I'm getting every three months? What are you getting? Like fifty cents. Total. 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 So, like the entire, I mean, I'm not the sure. entire year, I'm getting a buck fifty. I, I, I don't know what, Kev, I, Kevin, I don't know what to say. Kevin O'Leary taught me a very important piece of information, and it says that for anyone that's listening out there, 
dividends, re, like capital. Um, oh, fuck. Now I'm forgetting what he said. Um, he said, never invest in a stock that doesn't yield a dividend because in the last 70, he said in the last like 50 years, 70% of the stock market uh, increases and gains have been from um, not capital increase, but dividends paid out. So basically, it's like the Warren Buffett model. Like, don't fucking buy Tesla, even though I own Tesla. I do own Tesla as well. Same. Which Tesla's rallying at the moment, so I can't complain. But he, he basically said, like, be like Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett is like, you know, people ask Warren Buffett, like, oh, you know, why doesn't everybody follow your model? And Warren Buffett says, because people don't like to get rich slow. That's his whole, his whole thing is, like, you got to hold, like, in, if you want to buy a stock, if you, like, you want to keep investing slowly, you're going to be a very, very wealthy man, like multi-million dollars by the time you turn, like, 50. But many people don't wait that long. So, and the problem is, too, is that now, because... Warren Buffett is the traditional style of investing. Right. But when you look at people who are very aggressive, you know, that's why day trades became a, became day trades because they said, fuck that. I'm not waiting 20, 30, 40 years to no. get to get my fucking return. I want that shit now. Yeah. So, you know, and, and thing is, Warren Buffett is a conservative guy. That's what, you know, and that's what made him successful too. The more conservative he got, the more of his belief of his model drove that margin for people to invest with him. And that's why he was able to, to, to capitalize on so much excess of funds, which he probably didn't keep. Maybe he, you know, maybe he kept a small percentage of it, but the rest was reinvested. Yeah. And that's what should be done. And that's why, and that's why in his model, that's why people get rich slow under his method because it's just all reinvestment and, you know, slowly here and there. They contribute more to their portfolio. Well, so, yeah, and his whole thing is like, he wants to get paid for owning a stock. So if they reinvest the dividend, you know, like for example, like if you buy a hundred dollars worth of a stock, and then by the end of the year they give you like three or four dollars in a dividend, well, next year you have a hundred and four bucks going into it, and then you know, they it keeps going, you know, year after year after year. The more money that they pay you and you reinvest back into it. You know, by year fifty, you're going to end up having like ten grand. It's it's going to be exceptionally more. Yeah. You know. So yeah. I, I mean, to to me, it's like if, if you're starting off, you have to go the Warren Buffett, the Warren. I'm I'm sorry. I'm the Warren Buffett route. No, Warren Buffett route. Because here's because here's the thing. The crazy thing is, be, by his formula. Now we've really gone off track. But we'll stop now. I feel like, but like, if you go by his formula, if Coca-Cola is worth twenty dollars today and you buy it, thirty years from now, if it's still twenty bucks. You've made money mm-hmm. from all those dividends. Yeah. Whereas if you own a traditional stock, you're making fucking nothing. So yeah. if you own te- like if Tesla, it's not that you're making nothing, you know, but because because the well, because you made a bet that it would go up and it didn't. Correct. That's like that. I think that that's the that that's the correct. Wait, you know, if you don't it, the the way how how it's like this, if you have a if if your stock is a dividend, your stock price is going to be lower, and if you don't have a dividend, your stock price is going to tend to be higher. Because at right. the end, it's it, it's creating value. But the thing is, when you I'm good at that, by the way. When when you have a stock that doesn't have a dividend and it's at a high price, and then you got your total returns on what you are, the thing is, it's it, it's it, it's a price that you gotta pay. Because at the end of the day, when you're withdrawing from that, you're being taxed on it. With yep. with with right. dividends, that's considered a tax deduction, I believe. I could be wrong. But it's, it's tax harvesting. I think you pay at the at the very end when you pull out. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. But that's just, all of stocks. Yeah, I mean, I, I, isn't I, it? I think so. But I feel with dividends, there, there has to be a benefit to dividends because why else? Why else would people not not invest in, in, in dividend stocks? Well, I think that that's like the whole 401k thing. Like all of that, like 
your 401k, you, you are being paired up with like 100,000 other people. Correct. And all your money is going into giant funds. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you're not, paying, you're not paying regular taxes on those. The government incentivizes it. And they're like, no, we don't, we're not going to charge you the full tax rate because we, we want to incentivize people saving for retirement. But now, right? that sounds right. Uh, I, I think so. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, what do you think, Mike? What's the question? The question is, is like, look, man, I, I don't, I didn't even study any of this, and, and I'm talking like I'm a fucking expert. No, so I mean, this, I, I mean, this is all just smoke and mirrors. I mean, you, you know, I, I would say you have, you have a, a very good knowledge of, or I would say a good foundation of, you know, along with myself that, you know, about stocks in general, like sure. dividends and all stuff like that. So, so it's like, what are your thoughts on dividends and what are your thoughts on like, just in general, like, do you think that a dividend is 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 more of the type of stock that you should invest in, or do you need you should stock you should invest in a stock that doesn't care different uh, that doesn't care dividend, but that strikes for a higher market price? What up, <laughs> Ethan? Thank you, Mike. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate you guys coming on. Um, it, it, it was a pleasure. We gotta do this again sometime, you know. Absolutely, so. it's an honor to be the first one. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, no. <laughs> thank you, everyone. See ya.